daddies and mommies, red pillars out there to the polarized podcast. This is a polarizing podcast in itself. What we talk about here is we talk about polarizing movies in relation to Rotten Tomato scores. We're talking critics love it, audiences hate it, vice versa. Today, talking about a hell of a movie. We're talking about the Matrix Revolutions. In order to do that, got to have my cohort, my uh, the person who would be on my crew in the ship, Mr. James Lindsay. Hello. Hello. I am. Uh, How's it going? I'm excellent. I'm doing doing excellent. I jumped into this uh, this third part of a series after not watching the first two and in not too long. I say I, I did a rewatch of of the first just the first two within the past five years. So it was interesting taking a break from the first two and then jumping into this third one. Uh, kind of removed a bit, but also realizing how familiar I was. Uh, I am of it from watching it so much as a, as a child and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get into it, but yes, I am, I'm doing very well and I'm cohorting it up. If you know what I mean, Brandon Sable. Oh yeah. <laughs> great. The great Brandini is, as some, great Brandini. some, some yeah. might say. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, I honestly felt the exact same way about this, uh, this movie. I watched all three of them and man, there is just so much in here that made me so ex. Uh, just got me excited again because there is so much cool shit that happens in this movie. And I just, I was really transported back during the time that I saw this movie and there's Mm -hmm. man. uh, Yeah. I just, there, what overall this movie like does in presenting this world and the aesthetics about this movie and the technological like, aspect or um like the use of technology given the time was so thrilling and it was yeah man what a what a series this i'm so glad this series exists uh uh, through and through uh so this so this episode we're doing another uh guest episode uh this uh this time around we are bringing in a good friend of ours to talk, talk the matrix and get real into it. Uh, we have also on the pod, Mr. Aaron Williams. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing good boys. Uh, I just, uh, you know, as, as is typical in, in, in my life, uh, I uh, just got done fin- uh, watching the movie uh, right before we uh, oh, it's fresh. <laughs> got on this call. So fresh? it is nice and fresh right at the tippy top. I, I took some oh, notes. Perfect. You oh, know, perfect. I, I oh, loved love it. that. Love you know, that. I, unfortunately, I uh, I had to skip a little bit of, of the action scenes in order to make it here on time. But totally okay. You know, that, yeah, it's. <laughs> Absolutely. You've seen it once, okay. you've seen it a million times. You know? Wow, yeah. that's that's a great wow. Why didn't I think of that? I should have thought of that. Right. Cause how long does the like understanding the intricacies of the mech robots that goes on in this movie? Like right, just because right. so much of it has to, why we are our like purview into that is through the kid, right? I think it's just his overall name. That relationship, but, yeah, between him yeah. and the yeah, the 
grizzled the vet. captain yeah the captain who was looking fresh going into that mech suit i just loved his outfit like <laughs> no, no no one applies like any kind of body armor or uh-huh. anything everybody just has this very like Dude. eastern vibe to it yeah, where he's some, like, got streetwear he's he's <laughs> which okay I loved all the different, they all have different colors. Yeah. Did you kind of notice that? Like, oh, of e- course. Each, each person had like a different color that represented like their, uh, their placement Vi- or their role, mm-hmm. or whatever they're supposed to do. So all the mech warriors, I believe were wearing like a red and then the kind of the grunts loading everything. I don't know. They were just seemed like a beige or something. And then that, mm-hmm. that big commander, the main commander guy uh, was wearing a yellow. Um, and then Lock, all, all the, right? is that his name? And then um, all like the people, the ship crew and everything, what was, there was like a, a red sweat, all different varying sweaters that were really, really cool. I like the, I like the fit of those sweaters and like the, how they were all very tattered and everything. And just, every, and then you see like the council and all that and see what kind of, if there is a, I don't know what kind of class system is, there is going on there or whatever, uh, yeah. but just like the higher sort of, and what they're wearing and, and everything is, uh, yeah, it's such, all very, yeah. such a wonderfully wonderfully realized sort of um world that you're they're inhabiting that's already kind of been fostered in that second one the matrix reloaded and what happens in this one to just say on a grand scale they spend most of the time in the real world rather than the matrix in in this third one absolutely yeah if you were to break it up right is that the first one is spent entirely in the matrix second one is the transition out of it and then the third one is almost entirely in the real world mm-hmm. and yeah. uh you know which fits the general like arc of it but uh, i something i i want to keep digging into what you're talking about with the clothing is is that it the clothing was uh religious in its aesthetic and there was a strong religious element in the plot like monk like or, or something monk like yeah, very totally. much yeah. monk like and it, it, yeah it's tattered cloth what kind of what Uniform. religious stuff is being posited in this movie is really i don't want to see it's necessarily interesting because it is kind of formulaic and kind of very straightforward but i think the presentation of being in a computer world and a simulation and religion, I think is a really strong element of this movie. And to your point, James of saying like things are really fully realized. There is so much of a world that you are inhabiting and the people there that we're seeing are inhabiting that make this movie so fucking compelling and just so, yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of plot holes within the narrative um, to, to balance that out as well i guess but within a lot of wachowski movies those elements that they present i think are many many a time fully realized and and very interesting whether it be characters or worlds or um subsets of you know i'm thinking kind of jupiter ascending or something too thinking about all the different aliens and and uh the spaceships and all this stuff that kind of i don't know the plot services the ability to have those those type of elements on on full display uh and be kind of indulgent in this one with the battles and um the violence and the war aspect of it uh and it, yeah if we can yeah even talk about some of the context of in our lives when this movie came out 
it was uh 2002 i believe is is when Brave. 2003 2000 yeah so the second and third one were filmed concurrently and then they came out i believe year after year i believe this is the second in one. the same year this, oh the same year same year yeah oh, wow. absolutely and then one the first came one out was in, in may so. we, we saw matrix reloaded for your birthday it came out in may and then the uh, revolution came out in like november mm. no shit i forget yeah. seeing reloaded but i definitely remember me and you brandon seeing revolutions together and walking out sure. of that and i remember i was jacked like super <laughs> excited and and had a great absolutely. time seeing the movie and uh um, in the way that like, again, like to, to speak to where we were at that time, I was a 13 year old boy, which this movie was made oh, for kind of a 13 year old, 13 year old boy, honestly. And like, <sighs> this was around the time as well as the Lord of the Rings trilogy and trilogies and deep lore and world building within everything it was just like, I ate that shit up. And this was just like, so cool. This was just like, um, yeah, we talked about hook last week with, uh, Corey and, he was talking about how that kind of defined kind of personality traits as far as being a Peter Pan pirate yeah. person. <laughs> um, exactly. But this movie, yeah, there's a period of time where it's just like, this is the coolest, this is the coolest thing. And I, and I want, and I played the enter the matrix video game and there was story elements yeah, even in that there was a matrix online game that I wanted to play, never got to um, that had yeah, other elements as well. That just was building this world out. Uh, and there was just an aspect of of us at that time. I think, yeah, with Lord of the Rings or this, we're just obsessive. And um, but then also, I think it was maybe your dad was. It, I think it was your dad. Maybe we saw it with. And I think there was. He just kind of had this sort of aloof sort of. He's 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 so well, funny. He's just so an incredibly pretty, aloof person. Just a little peek for me being curtain. He is. Yeah, he's, so, he's in, a, just, in a very funny deadpan sort of way, but coming out of that just being so jacked i was like oh there's no way that someone could not like this and seeing that i was like oh maybe this is not all that great sort of in a star wars prequel sort of way you know (laughs) oh that's a really interesting point to bring up because yeah yeah, like this movie now seeing it again and seeing that series there is there is some of that where like oh these people are kind of just talking in this weird you know, speech pattern of it's all kind of superhero speak, if you will. And then everybody's wearing like in the matrix, wearing really kind of crazy outfits, you know, they're it's jackets that like, I don't know, jackets and spandex <laughs> and leather. And oh, this the Nehru. Had, I love the Nehru. Absolutely. <laughs> it just this weird comes to a point here and then goes all the way down and mm-hmm. also has a cape element to it. And it evolves yeah. throughout the three movies, even within that short span that they came out. It's really cool to see right. if you were just to even just see the sunglasses that they wear and all the, the, the phase of sun different phases of sunglasses. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Between like the sure. cir- circular ones and like the wraparound sort of style and everything. But I always think of Morpheus is where they don't have the, they don't have anything. On, it's on just, the ears that just connect right, right there. Okay, so like, they're like two mon- two monocles put together. Just, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like old timey spectacles. Okay, so I noticed that so much watching it again, and now as an adult, I was able to see that when he was wearing that, he was sitting kind of with his head back a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like this, 
and just like having it like make sure that it stays in place on his face and just because he he wears it when he's sitting in a chair and you can kind of see where he's like a little bit back which is fine because it like kind of like works with the character where he's very much like i am on another plane i'm kind of like Mm. set he's kind of looking through you almost like right he's asleep um That's the secret. Yeah, there. Yeah, it starts like from a lot of leather to kind of going into more of dis- and it's still very fitted, but almost like a little more distressed sort of sort of stuff. And then, and yeah, you just sort of see the real world sort of outfits that they that they wear, and I think that kind of transcends almost into what they wear into the in the Matrix and everything. But um, how was you? So we saw it together, Brandon. Uh, Aaron, do you remember when you yeah, saw what's your connection with this movie? Yeah, or just the Matrix trilogy in general? You kind of I don't think I ever saw Revolutions in 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 theaters. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I saw it uh, once it came out on, and I, I can't really recall very well, uh, to be honest with you, the first time I saw it. Um, but it had to have been like a DVD release or something. You had a, a pretty emotional connection when we were talking about this off pod, where you were saying that this you really love this series um and you were excited to do this like so i'm curious what about the overall franchise like what do you love about it what is, what kind of made you yeah. excited to do? I, I, i've always been attracted to like the like revolutionary stories of uh just like <laughs> overcoming like uh the like greater evils in the world right and um and and uh yeah so uh, you know i've always been really attracted to that stuff and when the first one came out um it was kind of like uh one of those one of those moments especially as like a young kid where you haven't been exposed to a lot of things sure. where it's just mm-hmm. like wow this yeah. is like <laughs> this is what movies so be. incredibly different like you know nothing mm-hmm. i've ever even dreamt of like yeah. uh, you know just the most incredible uh kind of world uh and reality and kind of situation that they find themselves in i mean uh and then layered on top of that like the the conversations around um uh, uh, humanity, uh, and whether or not like we're, uh, worthy enough, like, and then, and then into the conversations of what is real, like, and, and, and if, uh, and if this is a reality, uh, or some sort of computer simulation, like, you know, and, and into those kinds of conversations of like, (laughs) You think we are yeah, in a simulation? Pre- predetermination and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, as far as like the oracles concerned, um, I, I don't know. But like the what I've what I like, uh, what I like is is what I've heard from. I think it was maybe Neil deGrasse Tyson, but uh, one of the kind of uh, more prominent uh, uh, scientists these days uh, said something about. Um, uh oh shoot oh it's escaping me what's the gist of it um about reality right uh oh uh, yeah like so uh if if the if it's possible at all 
then there has to be realities in which it exists. And if that's true, it, uh, okay. I think something on that train. There's, there's only like, like a, there's, a, set, it, yeah. a set number of possibilities, either like, because we've thought of it as a possibility is, is if life, life is a simulation. So it's either right. we've done it, we're living in one or we're about to do it. And there is right, going right. to be one because we've already manifested in our mind sort of thing that there, that there could be one. And yeah, that whole idea of possible, like, yeah, just there's a reality in which there is one but then it starts getting into yeah re the reality within reality because if you're in one then you can create one within another one and yeah right i don't know i always just think wow. of like oh man what if all those sims <clears throat> i'm messing with are are just like looking up at me at, as god and i think the sims came out at yeah. the same time as this movie sure. yeah. i just but that's sort of these ideas i think yeah. and i remember when this movie came out as well and it being sort of in you know, like the sixth sense and these movies that were just like R rated that were beyond our uh, like grasp a little bit as far as being able to um, acquire and, and watch and everything, unless you like bring it home from blockbuster some night. Um, but they, it seemed just like they presented such interesting ideas of the way that adults would talk about, about it and just be like, Oh man, this and then you would see it being parodied. And at that time it was just, you would see all these parodies and versions of it. And then you would see the real thing, um, but just thought-provoking sort of sort of stuff. I think was always um, just just something like this movie, or the closest one of the closest one is like a Christopher Nolan movie, or something like Inception, or something. And in, in this, uh, in, in a more recent sort of idea, I guess is something that could kind of provoke it in, in an interesting sort of action-filled way, while also having like uh, fun ideas that uh, you know or multi-interpretational as, as well. And, um, the first time I saw that, yeah, that first one, I had no idea what the fuck was going on, but the action was just so cool. And to have like yeah. that sort of interesting ideas infused with just like, we're just going to do stuff cause they're badass, No other reason as well as just like such a, f the way they're able to ride that line is so fun. And, and some people have totally. hard times with like their later movies. And I think this is maybe qualifies as some one of their later movies. Cause it's the third one in this trilogy and it does have, you know, some of those aspects from, you know, Jupiter ascending, which I, I really like parts of and have a hard time with, with other parts. And um, yeah, it's, uh, I haven't seen like speed racer, but anytime like they, they make movies, I'm always curious about or cloud atlas that's the other one i love cloud atlas and love i love cloud atlas and and that one just is almost life a very life affirming movie and there's very like life affirming aspects of this movie too that you can tell that they're trying to drive home about humanity um <clears throat> and it, it's it's hard to do in a story like this but damn it they fucking try man they try very hard and i and it's i I love that earnest aspect of their their filmmaking and and also just the badassery of the action that they're uh, not shy to present and and are, is on, is on full display. Um, but great, like that's that's just a trilogy that I think as teenage boys growing up was just the coolest thing. To put it simply, it was just the coolest thing for for me. And I know. Uh, I knew Brandon at the time. These these movies were coming out, and we were t we would talk about 
the video game and playing that and everything and how Jada Pinkett and uh was is uh what was the other guy? He wasn't really in this one, was he? Yeah, uh, I, what is I can't remember his name, but y- yeah, it's it, it's two side characters, characters uh, two yeah, and it, I'm so interested in the Wachowskis as filmmakers where that's the that is such an thing of theirs is that they look at these projects as these multi media large like their world building goes even beyond the film like i i just it blows my mind to think about that they had one movie that was really like a actual movie that no one really saw called bound and then they do the matrix and then it just is all all of what the matrix is is this enormous scale project and art of telling this world and the story and all of that and then to have video games into it to just have the animatrix too which is really sick i really enjoyed that at the time crazy to me that that's like that is their approach to a project to an idea to filmmaking is we're going to it it's got to be it's got to be all or nothing we have to just fill in this entire world that we have. And maybe it's just more so of taking advantage of the ability to produce art, which there's nothing, I have nothing against that. Cause I mean, I think the critiques that we'll end up making of this movie is that they, they do kind of just raise the stakes visually or situationally more than the first one the first one has so much cool action in it but then this one starts like we're in totally imagined places totally imagined like things are just uh, happening and being realized that you can definitely start to critique it because the world ends up being so big and gives you things to really be like, well, I like this, but I don't like that. And I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's I'm and this movie made me really, and this series made me just really appreciate the Wachowskis as these pretty brilliant filmmakers that also understand the human psyche really well. Cause this movie could be really, uh, pessimistic uh, and without a lot of heart and soul because it's mm. trying to pervade this message. You know, it could really have this ethos of human beings are shitty and they're kind of leading to this. And this is our future. There's characters, there's characters that feel that way. Yeah. But it absolutely. Yeah. I mean, agent Smith, like him mm-hmm. being the antithesis of what is human beings are just, viruses they're mm-hmm. yeah. just they're their own like weapons of they're the weapons of their own destruction and that's like uh jupiter sending as well as like they use all the the i don't know the essence of humans to keep themselves immortal along a royal family and mm-hmm. it's a huge like sweeping indictment of the class system that and it's would, also uh, the yeah and like use the use of humans as either yeah energy as an as a resource yeah it's i think that's it's such a resource an yeah. Interesting aspect, a, yeah 
is in that movie essentially the ruling class of people live for eons because they harvest the souls of people and that provides this everlasting life they go from like planet to planet and yeah take uh take the life from and clean it clean it away um and then just like turn them into a a, a jacuzzi water it's essentially like a, yeah it's like a neon blue ju- like <laughs> neon blue jacuzzi yeah where the, yeah um oh my oh, god it a- looks so nice she has all these like why are we talking about it? but like she she has all yeah. these, that's one of my We're favorite parts the Wachowskis. Of they make really there's like all these movies. like candles like you're in a spaceship and you have candles and a jacuzzi and you're going in as an old woman and you're coming out as a young lady oh my goodness that sounds that sounds great that sounds so relaxing you're just but then but then that's also the most horrifying part of that movie too. Yeah. It's like just like, washing. Oh, by the way, people go. He's a people goo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, those candles look so cool in the in the space because the candles look like stars. And, and I don't know. I just oh, the, the, the 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 visual imagery of that of of their movies and even now um, more fully grown those action scenes that I've just fully loved as, as a 13 year old boy and came to the theater to see um, just kind of we're, we're dragging on a, a bit, but the imagery that was present in them were entertaining and poetic. And uh, one big thing that I realized this time after watching um, a little bit more anime was this movie would just completely reminded me of an anime this entire movie. oh my god the fight um, at the I end mean, with agent smith holy yeah. shit that yeah, is yeah. a dragon ball z fight if i've I ever know. seen one yeah exactly <laughs> and I'm, i didn't even really watch dragon ball z but it, i just i know i've seen enough anime to know that like oh well this movie is just like one battle scene leading to the next yeah. and then there's oh, like these totally. just like moments of like stand off like saying you're stating your purpose saying like this is what i want that you're blocking my way and like this is and and then like thinking one person is down and then he comes back i mean that's in a lot of action movies but just that whole part where he's he's barreled down into the fucking asphalt and he's he's just like why do you keep fighting why it just reminded me of some yeah epic anime scene and all the mech stuff too i mean that's just like a and next themselves are <laughs> in plenty of animes as, as well. Yeah, a huge, absolutely. Huge part of it. And I think, you know, they made a speed racer movie. Uh, but yeah, that imagery, even like, you know, the, the kid trying to get that last thing of ammo across the bridge, the dock or whatever to him. And, you know, in the midst of that, I'm just kind of like, whoa, kind of bogged down with all this kind of over the top sort of stuff that is interspliced with this beautiful imagery and this, and, uh, it almost looks like it was just screenplayed really well, or what do you what do you call it? Um, just they they had it all planned out in a really and in, in the pacing of those action scenes really well, but it was just like too much. It was just too too much of the of that for for a movie that has so much other stuff going. And I think Brandon, you the point you were touching on in my mind as well as like they within this movie were able to make it a trilogy and conclude a, a story and a narrative, but also at the same time with the, with the, when you look at the three movies in general, along with the ex, extraneous sort of and enter the matrix and, and, and a matrix sort of stuff, 
it just you see the balloon constantly inflating and the world constantly building and building and building rather than like an arc to i mean it, you see that too that arc to a story but i think with this one it's just hard because it's it's trying to really drive forward that story of neo which there's i think there is a conclusion and, and it's relatively satisfying in in my mind but also it's it's hard to nail it's just a hard thing to nail when the world is so big <laughs> and there's so many uh i'm sure loose ends in in people's minds um but would you guys like to go through the the plot in kind of a loose sort of way sure yeah um, let's, let's so it, do it. uh brandon i mean you watched all three yep recently so you can check anything that we're unsure about i'm sure but uh yeah so so I mean, like, just the, uh, yeah do just you want to give setup. a little uh setup yeah, leading into I'll the give beginning a, yeah for sure i'll give a little setup so in the first movie it's all about neo coming to the realization that he is uh in the matrix and he has a purpose in life that is his whole arc it oh man i I won't get too deep into my thoughts about the other movies, but I find it really interesting that the matrix alone was supposed to just be like, there was not a thought of the second and third one necessarily. Yeah. It was you can kind of so tell. Like, yeah. It could have like, definitely st- stood alone and, oh, and oh, would which, have been great, mm-hmm, yeah. which would have been really good too, you know, yeah. because it just, it, it does have a weird finality to it where, Neo is able to bend the matrix because he realizes that he's in a simulation. And then once you realize, which is such a cool part about this and a backbone of this movie is, is that when you realize that you're operating in a system, then you can make choices to manipulate and to change the system and to make the system work for you. Um, and there is a w- interesting finality to the first one where he does just like blast off like Superman yeah. and you're like, he figured it out. He's he be, like, he's in a computer. He can be, uh, he can be a God. He can he be. be who, and agent Smith. I mean, that was the big, the big villain. Totally. He, he, he did it. He beat him. And then I just remember that second one. I think people were a little like rubbed the wrong way. Seeing Smith again, honestly, and seeing just like a bunch of Smiths. <laughs> totally. But, and all of that is self-serving to what, why, like the conflict of the third one. So there is such a joint, like, really, I so much would recommend, like, the second and third one, since they're shot concurrently, are really just a very long version mm-hmm. of one movie. Mm-hmm. And and it's almost serves you a little bit better to have that fresh perspective. Like, mm-hmm. I would never recommend somebody just like, oh, just watch Reloaded. You know, I would say you should watch Reloaded and Revel. You- <laughs> It's a whole casino, be, casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Quantum of Solace situation, situation where, totally. yeah, there, there's so much of the setup of Reloaded, which, okay, so I kind of explained what the first one's about. So the second one is about understanding the greater purpose and how Neo fits into what is the broader struggle that is happening in the universe. And he comes to realize that he that life is a culmination of choices and it's up to him to make the right choice and that's really the second one and then so now the third one is is that he understands that it he has the ability to make choices and he is hoping that he makes the right choice and pursues what he thinks is right through a culmination of understanding struggle understanding 
love through Trinity. Does he have like a premonition of her dying, and he's trying really hard to not let that happen? That's how the movie. God, that's such like Star Wars episode. It bookends itself three or whatever, where he's mm -hmm. he he knows Padme. Something's gonna happen with Padme, so he turns to the dark side and all that shit. Yeah, and that's that. All these trilogies that coming out around her time, man. I was we were just all about the trilogies, and those just like expanded into fucking universes now now they're just universes you don't just get a trilogy you get like a piece of the puzzle but again like to, the wachowskis like the you can see so much of their love and admiration for these large grand you know same thing movies of the past and their love for uh steven spielberg and for george lucas like they really want to be in this grand space and telling such a pretty broad story with large spectacles and 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 whatnot and sometimes it's for them sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i guess we'll we'll which is why it's so great that what the next movie we're doing because i think there are a lot of similarities in the filmmaking between the two but I digress. We'll talk about that next week. So just leading into revolution. So the conclusion of revolution is, is that of reloaded of reloaded. I'm sorry. Of reloaded is Neo has just kind of understood what the destiny or what the story is. He, he meets the architect and the architect lets him know that this has happened a thousand times and this Mm. will continue to happen a thousand times. It is just your, what happens from this moment is all based on choices that you have full autonomy to make, but here are the thousand choices that you've made and they've led to X consequences. A 99% of them lead to Zion getting destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so now Neo knows that, okay, so I do have the power in this situation to choose the right path. And this Mm -hmm. is what I'm going to do mainly through, in my mind, the biggest reason why this choice succeeds is because it's a movie. (laughs) Second (laughs) is because Trinity is in the equation. And I think that Trinity plays an enormous part in Neo understanding the power of love, power of a humanity through her and she it's i love, love. love love i my critiques and i'll get to that later is that this what the agency and the power that trinity has i think we could have understood a little bit more about her motives it's very through the eyes of Neo and she is just like saying things to him. And it's like, she kind of unequivocally loves him pretty quickly into the series and goes, well, you're the one. So whatever I do is in service of you. I would like a little bit more of like, what is her perception of what reality is and what she's kind of driven by outside of just loving a man. But regardless i it's 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 so much more than that though it's it it truly is he's a religious figure Uh it's more than it's even more than romantic i mean it is love it 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 is is all of that and then more as well she like worships him him as well and everyone uh has everyone essentially worships him 
and you can see it in in how the you know just him walking around and everyone seeing seeing him and everything and morpheus's whole change of persona from the first one you know you you see him become the one and fly off into the world but then coming into the second and third one you just kind of see everyone's kind of like the ramifications to the world around him in zion and and all mm-hmm. that that all that stuff that's um introduced yeah. but i i think yeah the, the the religious aspect is 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 not subtle but it's also oh. very interesting to think about and i and i and i do yeah um and i i do like those those aspects the, the thing that uh when you talk about love and humanity that the way that it was presented in this movie and very in, in broad strokes, but also just in, in pure dialogue was it, when machines would come into contact with someone, uh, who was, who was in love, it was mainly just Neo and Trinity. Um, I think it was maybe in the subway scene with Neo and then in the club with Trinity be like, Oh, you're in love. Like Monica Bellucci told was to Trinity was just like, Oh, she's in love. I can tell she's right. in love. <laughs> and then like yeah. to Neo as well as like, I think the guy was just like, Oh, you're in love. I can tell like this is, and, and, and at first it, it comes off cheesy and weird, but then there's just something so weird and awkward and strange about a machine and a program. So that was something I was embracing a bit like nice. as well as just, yeah, uh, totally. uh, just kind of like, they are fascinated by love in, in a lot of these situations and mm-hmm. in, in these more sort of um, uh, kind or, or in, for lack of a better word, machines and robots and, and programs were fascinated by love rather than someone who agent Smith, who's uh, rescinded from that or, or just the opposite that he finds uh, of it. Well, what, well, what it is, the other thing that I was going to bring up was duality. Duality, oh, yeah. duality is is a huge thing in this in this movie, huge theme in this movie, and the duality of him and Agent Smith of him essentially being his his opposite, Neo's mm-hmm. opposite, yeah. uh, and and also I found that at the end with the Oracle and the Architect are essentially kind of that, serving well. that same purpose as as well, yep. right. Um, right, and to have those natural forces at, at play where the thing that was a, that was the villain in this movie, which I found, I found interesting, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it, it is, it is agent Smith, but what he's presenting and, and what's uh, really at play is the disorder of things is he's presenting a disorder to good and evil. And he wants to do away kind of essentially with both, and and get rid of that natural order so much so that the machines and neo have to kind of form an alliance to take him on otherwise everything's going to turn into chaos but uh and and yeah the way that gets there it's just something about it, it maybe if i just saw it for the first time with with completely fresh eyes now it'd be different but i i really find a lot of that stuff satisfying in, in a way and i think the, totally. the thing that i'd be critical of is just the the battle scenes just go way too long but the the ideas I just I admire someone presenting all of these really really interesting um, ideas into a into a movie like this and really following through with it and not and really going out with a bang like whether you like this movie or not and and we are doing it because it's polarizing so obviously there's two there's two camps yeah or whatever, for sure they go out mm-hmm. with a fucking bang like that's that's something that I will I will give it full full uh, credit for but that. 
that duality was something that I really had a, a good time kind of exploring watching this movie this this round. Um, yeah, it, it's I, I love that we were just talking about uh, uh, love and its role in this film because mm-hmm. uh, I actually one of one of my notes that I wrote down was from the very beginning in the train scene uh where he's meeting the that uh family of, of wait other can i inter- inter- interject real yeah. quick with a fun little fact so that train station was on mobile avenue mobile yeah. is an anagram for limbo uh, limbo yeah yeah it's yeah right that's so cool i was thinking purgatory <laughs> i was thinking purgatory the whole time it's purgatory yeah it's the in-between space um, Sorry. But, but in but in that conversation, uh, they're talking about purpose and uh, and, and love, and and the guy uh, Ramakandra, yep, uh, uh, just like what? has these two lines that are just like so like simple, short, sweet, but like super profound. And he and he says such a caring face too, man. That guy was like a blanket yeah. that just like washed over me when I saw him. There was such yeah. an incredible sincerity Charity to him. To him. Yeah. Oh he, my he, god. He just yeah. He, he just like dude, a yeah. totally like good guy. Like just wanted like these are the things to, that I have to do. And yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And and so he says it's you know it's a word. It what matters is mm. the connection that word implies. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, he's just, Neo's like t- taken aback that, that he is like going on about these concepts of that. He loves his daughter and wants to save her. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, I, I, I'm confused. He's like, what? That you can feel love. Well, love is a word. I, I, I love her. And what's important is that we have this connection mm-hmm. uh, and, and what that means to the two of us. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then they go on to talk about their purpose and, and karma and karma is a word just, just like uh, love. And it's, you know, just a way of saying it's what I'm meant to do. This is what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Man, all of this shit was going over my head as a 13 year old. And all I was thinking <laughs> yeah, is just like, right. like when are they going to fight? When are they going to shoot guns and fight? And they're <laughs> fighting and fucking. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all I care about as a 13 year old. <laughs> it's the other way around now. And all all like that stuff and everything you mentioned right now was, was something that I was just so drawn to. And his his eyes and his presence, you get, you're, you're totally right that... Uh, putting that stuff across was just like hitting in home in a different way now watching it. And I was relating this again to Lord of the Rings where like when I was a kid, it's like, yeah, my favorite one's fucking return of the King, man. Like I want, I want Minas Tirith. I want Minas Tirith and battles and like more more longest battles, the better. And now my favorite one is fellowship and, and, (laughs) and, and that the one's just story. that yeah. one is just like yeah. they hang out in the Shire and then they go to like the you know it's elf, more about the character elf land and then they all like are all together as a fellowship and they go on an adventure and they're all together and it's and they talk a lot about right. like what they have to do and the implications of everything and then there's Helm's Deep and and Minas Tirith and everyone like great wonderful and I I loved <laughs> those movies and Fellowship was probably my least favorite and it's just completely switched so. With this one, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, it's not anything new. It's just when I was a kid, it was the same thing with like Jurassic Park or something. It's like, oh, well, Last World is is 
I'm going to sp- speak of my love for Lost World a lot on this podcast, probably, but it's just like, oh, it's just bigger and better. Bigger and better is great. Like, just go for that one. Like, yeah. why would you? Why would you think the first one's better? The second one, they did everything except more. Why wouldn't you just watch that one? And it's just uh, that that process as a as a film watcher has been interesting to go on as just someone that is enjoys the the intricacies and nuances of of what makes a film and and all that stuff. But this one so much hype and such a big, big thing leading into it. Huge spectacle. And all of us uh, being able to see an R-rated movie in theaters. I, that, that, it Huge must have deal. been one of my first oh, yeah. first ones to do. Uh, I think Matrix Reloaded was mine. But it's like, yeah, yeah this series. So this series too. So Matrix Reloaded was the, might be Revolution but the matrix in general was the highest grossing R rated film until Deadpool. Oh, wow. The matrix evolution was I reloaded or revolution. I can't remember which one. Probably. I think reloaded. I think this one actually did worse than reloaded. I think, I think Um, so too. But I mean, yeah, the hype for reloaded was even more. It was like, yeah, because that the Matrix was is just like a such a funny movie. name for this too. Because it's like again, like it it reload is kind of funny as well. <laughs> it, it, no, reloaded. I, I that's what oh, I'm saying. Okay. It's reloaded okay. is the funny one. Yeah, because yeah. again, it is in my mind like the Wachowskis understanding like popular culture and wanting this movie to Run be big. <laughs> you know. And, and them just fucking getting it where they're like, okay, so we're going to call this movie reloaded because that's like, that's the, there's a lot of big movies that have that kind of nomenclature or title to it that are big movies. And you want the second movie to be bigger and grander and better. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, uh, yeah, do two more. And they got the double re and that, I don't know. The re's kind of yeah. like an email or something, right? 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 Totally. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, I'd say let's go through the synopsis. If you guys don't mind, uh, I would like to take a short break uh, so I can use the restroom. Yeah, while they're BBK, yeah, go for it. Because I've been drinking whiskey. <laughs> uh, BRB. So... Aaron, something I was thinking about is like mm-hmm. this movie, the inner, like we're part of the generation where the internet was becoming like this skewing, makes this- skewing downwards. And like we were, I had a computer when I was four years old. Obviously, I didn't get on the internet. Man, I was just thinking about this, too, because James brought up The Sims. I remember going to Micro Center in, like, Santa Ana or whatever, because mm-hmm. I just loved computers, and I was all about it. I even, in, at, at uh, Chaparral, we went to the same high school, like, uh, I took that computer class. Didn't we have the class together? We like, might have, I, yeah. I yeah. think we all had the class together. And, like, I fucking love computers and I love video games. And, you know, it's just has always been a thing. And that element of this movie was so fucking sick and got me, Super. like, I almost more so into the movie than anything else. Like, the action then, like, kept me coming back. 
But oh, yeah. the, there was this movie that came out that was about the seemingly because the way that they pitched it and all of the like promotional stuff is that it's about the Internet, right? Like the Matrix mm-hmm. is the Internet, because in yeah, the yeah. early days of the Internet, everybody was living this second life online. And that's why yeah, you yeah. got so much of this leather rave <laughs> shit yeah, yeah. in this movie where they're like you uh-huh. know what hackers are into they're into <laughs> like <hackers>. like uh, <laughs> hard style techno and ramstein and like wearing <laughs> wear leather and shit and yeah. it just is such a funny element of this movie because it just makes me think that the <sighs> The hardcore people like one what this is almost in service, like the clothing and the and the look when you're in the matrix was just an homage to early internet culture people that were like dressing like fucking weirdo goths. And that's like that's what being in the deep web, you know, the deep internet was like. We're we're all fucking, you know, uh, BDSM enthusiasts. That like <laughs> yeah. it was so crazy that hell. Uh, so it's called the Hell Club. I mean, I will say one thing about the Wachowskis the, is the, the French guy, French guys the club. Cl- yeah, the French guys club. Mm. It's just called HEL. Uh, <laughs> I will say about this movie, like, oh man, just the Wachowskis are not subtle in a lot in 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 most things. Like, if you want to, yeah. if you want to critique them too, uh, as filmmakers of weirdly not thinking the audience isn't like, uh, it's not that the audience isn't intelligent enough that you're doing that. It's I don't, um, man, now I can't even articulate it. I think they, like, they, they like to like poke at ideas, but there's certain things that they don't, that they know that they're not going to like pay, have a payoff for, but mm. they just want to provoke that in your mind a little bit and have right. like certain symbology that'll mess with you a bit. And you're looking for a deeper meaning. Um, but I think there's some of that stuff that, that doesn't while it, whilst it's still in your face, it's kind of can be frustrating with some of their movies because you're looking for a, a deeper meaning, but it's, they're more trying to just be thought provoking without like some of that substance that you're really trying to, trying to dive into. Like it, at least, at least for me, certain, certain aspects of, it. and I think that's what people were looking for in this movie, a little bit more of that payoff with the, the ideas presented in, in a lot of these things rather than just a big battle. That's a good point of just like not fully, uh, it's weird how unrealized this is because what I, to your point is, is that I would say is that they're creating this world where this club even has a name, but it's just called club hell. Like <laughs> there, there's this weird, like, I'm wondering we're going like, to give the there's... club a name, but we're also going to just not give a shit about the name. And it's just like the point I brought Dude, up. There's about probably the, some the train station. You're just like, there's... I'm, Probably I some deeper yeah. meaning to it that like we don't even like you were saying with the train station or with Pan Am and Peter Pan. And yeah, we didn't even realize <laughs> that one. It's just like, oh, Club Hell, it's too simple. But there's something deeper that I'm too dumb yeah, to right. realize or something. Aaron, like we watched Hook and Corey was like, oh, they're flying on Pan Am. We're like, oh, yeah, Steven Spielberg. Or I was Steven Spielberg loves Pan Am. He, he's, you know, catch me if you can and thinking I'm so smart. Corey's like, no, like Peter Pan, you fucking idiot. 
<laughs> oh, I'm so, oh. I, I feel so dumb, but yeah, Club Hell. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, it's silly, and I I think that's the stuff too that the critics latched on to. They're like, oh, this is actually just this kind of shoddily put together world that we're inhabiting and they present ideas and then never follow through on them. Yeah. I'd say it's more and so that, cause I think they do like the world. I I'd, I'd say, I think the, ex- yeah. the execution of, of these other ones have kind of just like, yeah, like, I mean, I love reloaded, but still it's kind of like, yeah, run it back again. And, 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 and all that stuff, but vampires and ghosts um, are in there and you're like, well, okay. So what does that mean? I guess they, uh, they posit that there's iterations of the matrix that have happened. And that's like the, that's matrix, like 1.0. And now we're on matrix, like 5.0. And then there's programs that leak into 5.0 and they're vampires. And that's what that kind of, that's that guy's (laughs) job is because he was, he was also, smuggling smuggling the other programs in the train station as well with the guy that's in charge of the train so that's what's his name the french whatever the french guys oh i was gonna say do you know what the name of the train guy is his name's just train man train man Train man. yeah i mean he's a program whatever we can we can say that oh man the wachowski's world is so built out and Mm -hmm. so you know intricate and then you're like the guy's name's the train man and uh, (laughs) so I'd imagine even in the Matrix, if people saw him on the train, they'd be like, oh, me, no one knows his name. He's just the train man. So I think on both planes of existence, he, he is you're the, giving he, them more credit. He is the, yeah. tra- he is the train man. <laughs> Absolutely. Or you don't have to overcomplicate it. It's supposed to be a metaphor almost. Yeah, like, he's just he's, a program. It's a train program. What are you going to call the fucking train oh, program? Right. Whatever, you know? Oh, I do. That's see. Plus he's a fuck, he's a hobo, right? He's like, yeah, he's the train man. He lives on the train. He's like <laughs> the architect of this of purgatory, but he's like some shitty ass hobo. <laughs> I love that he was cast, man. The the casting in in Matrix and well, sorry, in Wachowski movies in general, I always love because I, I I don't know, just like yeah, there's, totally. There's always very interesting people that that they cast that I like to, and, and I don't know, maybe the and it's the way they direct them or something. There's in in the something in their eyes or or whatever but it, the the kindness that you were talking about with the programmer and, and all that was just there's an empathetic sense of filmmaking going on i feel like with people and they have a real hu- human human touch to to everything but uh the casting in in this movie ten percent i i think I don't know. It's just, I think like I have talked, I think I've talked about like David Lynch movies or something too. He'll just like, he'll just cast people purely on headshots and not even really care so much about their acting ability. And I'm not saying people are, are bad actors or anything in this. It just seemed like they, they filled the space so, so well. And, 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 and their and everyone's look and, and how they filled out their costumes and, um, and yeah. everyone in the, the tapestry of all the all the people of Zion and everything was was just really beautiful to see like the community and and the love with within that that community was kind of like put forth in, in this movie and there was like some some of the supporting I'm kind of going off on a whole other thing, I guess, but yeah, like all the, like the, <laughs> the, okay. the, the support. There is a the sexuality su- to these films and I yeah. think we need to talk about it because on yeah, like it is also as a 13 year old uh, gravitating towards, you know, because there's just this very, uh, I don't, yeah, sensual love 
the backbone of this movie having love as a vocal point i think serves the film so much mm-hmm. more and i've already brought it up even on this that's a great pod. point no i i love he, i like, love that dude. Yeah. so thank god that exists because a more pessimistic filmmaker would have focused on other things that would have made this not as enjoyable just purely enjoyable, you know, because even though shitty things happen to the people that you love in this movie, uh, uh, I mean, at the end, there's some resolution that's nice, it, but it, it kind of reminds me almost of like a, the, the James Cameron effect in from alien to aliens where I love alien. I mean, you know, maybe that's not the best comparison, but still it's just like from alien from alien. That's just a very airtight movie. And then to you dealing with one alien and then aliens, shit there's a fucking bunch of aliens that you got to deal with and you're and you're battling and everything and so like the second and third one kind of gave me that effect a bit more of just kind of like the humanity within a james cameron movie with all the battle and and everything is is done in like pieces in between the battles and i think rather than that be the main thrust of the movie it was like the epic grandeur of the visual imagery uh, within this one that really just reminded me of like a visual uh, anime novel sort of thing where it's 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 mm, those sort sure. of things that they're really trying to expand on what's possible with um, CG imagery and everything. And to be honest, they are they fucking uh, change the game with the Matrix, man, that, <laughs> that like that the bullet scene is going to go down in history as one of like the the most revolutionary revolution revolution zary uh, <laughs> uh sort of shot that again i most likely saw it parodied before i saw the real movie and it's like okay fine you can watch this movie as like a nine or ten year old one of my first maybe my first r-rated movie and uh because it was just that much of a cultural effect and then the actual uh boundaries that they were w- willing to push whether it's with filmmaking or just ideas in general, I just have a great admiration for them. And just kind of have, I always, again, I try to clock what they're, what they're doing, whatever new movie or thing that they're coming out with. Cause it's just, you know, it's going to be, yeah. Thought, thought provoking, um, sort of, sort of stuff, but then also, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's it's I, I mentioned it with hook or whatever last last week in a different the very different movies, but there is a fucking long battle scene in hook, you know, at the end, at the end of hook. So it's just, those uh those sort of things i can kind of can kind of drag a bit um but yeah i think i think a lot of the big aspects of this movie we've we've talked we touched on and i'll maybe we just kind of uh casually go through some of the the synopsis and the the greater points i know this movie i think it has kind of like the first hour the first half of the movie is one thing and the second hour is another so i mean we'll go through it but once that halfway point hits and that mech b- battle starts, it's just like a fucking battle the rest of the movie. And it's just, and it's yeah. just like violence and everything. But it really, I, I do, for, after not watching the second one, I do kind of appreciate how they just kind of take off right off the bat from the second one and they just get right into it. And uh, the guy who's pretending some great tension to be a, too. a normal guy in the real world is agent Smith. Who's, infiltrated into the real world and he's incapacitated with neo right next to him because neo uh uh did some sort of emp effect by himself in the real world at the end of the second one and knocked himself yep. out trying to save uh his compatriot 
I don't know why I said that word. Um, and uh, and he saves them. It shows he has uh, powers in the real world as well. And um, but him and the and that guy who's really Bane. Agent Smith, Bane, fucking Bane, are both knocked out at the end. One that's yeah. a big. Um, that's the big cliffhanger. Oh yeah, I, I was just gonna say that, dude. That actor who played Bane, man, uh, I I I realize all he's doing is playing Hugo Weaving, who's like, yeah, better <laughs> actor. I'm sorry, Bane guy, but I like, s- I started to realize yeah. <laughs> as time went on, and I was like, yeah, it is essen- essentially just an impression. But damn, it's it a is. fucking good one. It's a damn, great impression. Damn, it's a good impression. And yeah. there's, it's a photocopy of a fo- yeah. There's a moment where like he's just bleeding from the face and he's still able to just not blink his eyes um, when he's trying to take out uh, Neo and, and Trinity, but they're, they're, t- they're uh, strapped down together and, and all that stuff. And they're all trying to figure out a way to um, get Neo back because he yeah. is now stuck in limbo, which we've talked about. Mm. He is at the mobile Avenue station and, and, and they're like, Oh, he- he's his, brain wiring is telling us that he's like hooked in or whatever and yeah they're trying to get him back from the train station uh train man's not letting him back they go in they chase the the train man right and uh he refuses to let uh neo on neo runs through the tunnel back and forth and realizes he can't go anywhere and so they they make a deal with uh merovinian merovinian yeah because He's stuck in limbo, so Trinity and Morpheus need to rescue him, which causes them to go uh, talk to Merovinian or what? Oh, they have a quicker name for him, but um, yeah, that's where we get the scene where oh, just a that club scene, man. Could you imagine going to a club like that where somebody just has like a mask on that has like spikes all on it coming out of it i just could never imagine being in a club like that and i i would be curious how many clubs of like that actually existed because i mean my man you just gotta i i feel like if you were to talk to the wachowskis they could probably get you in talk in contact with someone who can who could get Mm -hmm. you to that club Oh wait. Okay, before we we see man with uh just leather man with spikes, there is just this egregious shot of nipple twisting in, yeah. in, in, oh, yeah. in club it, there it, it's like it cuts into club hell and then it's like <laughs> uh orbitals playing or whatever and then Oh, is it orbital? Yeah, or something <laughs> or like that. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I, I, I was like I, was I fully like, believed you. I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah." <laughs> It's panning through the club and it's just like flashes in the club and there's just people just slowly just gyrating together. And then there's just this slow-mo of this person just twisting the nipples of this It is just so funny to me because that's why they get an R rating for this. Because honestly, in this movie, there's not anything... unfortunately in there's this really great there's, yeah there's, docu- not much, there's not much in this one yeah that is it does get the r rating i guess yeah on this one too it huh? does there's this really great documentary battles, called but, yeah. Sex, it's a sexuality it is mm. there's this great documentary called this film is not yet rated that talks about the rating system for films yeah and, great, and, great and, documentary 
in the and in the U.S., we heavily censor sexuality, but then glorify violence, especially if and a it, woman is is uh, having a good time. Having a good time. That's a, spe- a that's especially frowned, frowned upon that. by the was right. it the MC, MCAA and motion pictures, whatever the um, the mm-hmm. people that just that tell filmmakers how to edit their movies. <laughs> which is such a stupid process too and they go through that but anyways like it's yeah it's funny to think about how i get i i would almost posit that the reason this film is rated r is not because people just get brutally murdered. oh no, dude, it's, no it's because there's nipple twisting in the <laughs> yeah, beginning of course. <laughs> and they're just like no we can't have nipple twisting in this movie and not giving them a rating. this is this is america my you friend know, you don't even see areola you just like it's <laughs> just fucking <laughs> somebody's full hands just like really giving it to this person and it, oh man it's just i the, throughout the whole series again I like sexuality in this is so weird and so unique and bizarre yeah i i think so i think this movie has a weird sense of it, it explores taboos and has a has a not a weird because i don't want to like say that oh this is you know bad but it has a definite opinion of sexuality that is borderline pansexual like in uh, matrix reloaded we had essentially an orgy that breaks out during that scene there's also uh, just throughout all of them there are they're um, the last remnants of humanity down to just get into weird sex and that that is given off in these movies and in every single one of them they just have this these moments in the matrix usually of people are just into a kinky weird sex and there's these clubs that i love i know i i love the zion stuff i think maybe what i mean in my mind the weird the weird stuff because you keep saying weird it, it, it refers to my mind to the merovinian is is he's got a more of a perverted controlling aspect of sexuality and what he's able to do sexually with his power in the world of the matrix. And I think seeing people utilize that power in different ways is, is interesting, whether you're a program or a human or like, uh, cipher in the first one of him rejecting, uh, the knowledge of it as, as well, which was such an interesting concept, but, um, the Zion stuff and, and, and yeah, like that, I don't know. I, I'm really, it really, I really just, I love it. I, I love that idea of oh like, yeah, because for sure. the, yeah. the free love world of Zion and how that's honestly like almost a resource to them to keep them going in this like fucking, like what they have the dock with all this metal and shit that they have to just, they had seen their defense set up was interesting seeing how much they had to really put into their defense system. I was like, Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even, think about zion having having that because in the first one they're like oh you can't you can't wait to see zion you gotta see zion and you're thinking this like i don't know some sort of magical place or something and and i guess it kind of uh uh squashes that in the sec in the second one but um the real yeah that love comes from that the community and and all that and i know that was such a such a thing that was joked about in in the second one uh, was that orgy scene and all that, but there's something again, that is just so earnest about their filmmaking and those themes of love, uh, and humanity 
was something that was hugely life affirming in in Cloud Atlas for me. I see aspects of it in this in the in this trilogy as well. Um, but uh, I think maybe some of the criticisms of, of Cloud Atlas could be that sort of like, oh, they're not necessarily being subtle about some of the um, schmaltzy sort of stuff. But man, if 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 you open yourself up to some of that stuff, man, it's it's just like really really great and and um, makes me emotional experience experiencing this. And I do appreciate your point too that they made this a positive uh, through line for this yeah. movie, and you know you get to fade out on the, on a sunset uh, rather than something that's you know there's an ominous a- aspect to to everything, but it's also that's another part I love is that you can interpret it how you, how you want certain, certain things. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, they, they get Neo back from, uh, the train man and, uh, and he, he's, he comes back and him and Trinity have a nice little moment. Um, and this was after, yeah, he goes to the club and talks to Frenchman, who's in the second one, and Monica Bellucci, who I had a huge crush on as well as a 13-year-old boy, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Who, Striking. Who, who wouldn't? Striking. Um, I mean, from the second yeah. one as well. And then she was in Enter the gosh. Matrix. She had separate scenes in Enter the Matrix, that video game. And I was just like mm-hmm. playing that game, just being like, oh, man, she's so pretty. Um, that's what I saw. Carrie like, Moss is very pretty, too. I was... You know, I, we don't need to get into 13-year-old boy loves, but, you know, like, Carrie Ann Moss is an incredibly striking woman, and she has such a, uh, like, power and agency to her. She just seems so intelligent and understanding. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's... there. Monica Bellucci's character is very vapid. But, She's in love. Uh, She's in love. I right. want you. I want you to kiss me. No, I want you to kiss me and mean it. What does she say in the second? Yeah, no, you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Do you want me to keep going with my Monica Bellucci <laughs> impression? I mean, where did James go? Uh, <laughs> do I want you to continue talking like you normally do, Monica Bellucci? Uh, kiss me like you kiss her. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's so kinky. It's so kinky. I, you know, we can move away from the sexuality of it. Um, I, the reason I call it weird is because there is the like subservient gimp sexuality thing that is portrayed in this where that I associate with leather, I think is just to like kind of realize why I consider it weird. That subservient sexuality uh, to me is weird. I know it's not weird to some people, but that yeah like that inclusion of it where people are masked and they're bound and there's chains and there's these like essentially servants to other people is <laughs> throughout like every single one of these movies there's these characters they're not characters but there's these people uh part of these sequences that are just like you know somebody will be dragging somebody else like on a leash or whatever and there's also like just actual leather tight clothing on people where it's not conducive to what you're doing it's more so this is a <laughs> this is a sexuality we are we are having sex and you know i think that's, I think that's the, the better point of just like you know what like 
You're wearing all this leather. How are you going to do a bullet time scene and all this fucking leather? How are you going to how are you going to jump up in the air and do a 360 kick when you're chafing the whole fucking time? <laughs> Could you imagine? It's just bullets, but then it's also like squeak, 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 squeak. squeak, squeak. <laughs> 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 that would be so silly you go into this just, big white room and you're like oh get me anything i want fucking leather i want leather get me, <laughs> get me in leather let me just dress me in leather like it is just yeah it's the sexuality that um yeah but i mean me and aaron were kind of talking about it a little bit is this internet culture of it this in what people perceive to be a hacker or somebody who's like on the deep web. And there is that BDSM leather culture in that, that is in this movie. And I, it's kind of surprising to me that that wouldn't come off as like faux or, you know, I guess what I'm getting at is like, you know how in hackers they have like visions of what the internet or what inside the computer is. And then anybody who's an actual hacker is like, this isn't fucking like, this isn't how computers work or this is, isn't <laughs> what the culture is. But this movie has leather. And I think overall it's understood that that is, that was kind of part of that culture. And that is a taking on something that did exist because it's not talking about something technical. The color black. Definitely. Definitely the color black. Oh, absolutely. Very just pale white. And I think the, what benefits with this movie as well is um, there's a huge, this is a fantasy. This is a fantasy sci-fi movie. So like, the hackers is presenting itself as like get into the real world of like hack hacking in whatever time period it was in the nineties. And it, there's an element of that movie where it's presenting itself as almost some sort of reality of like, tan that's the tantalizing aspect of that movie hackers. You get to see what hackers are doing and like what could they could possibly do to you just on that, on this whole wild west of the internet and and computers that we don't know anything about and y2k is approaching everything and this movie was done 1999 i mean matrix was done 1999 the same same time period leading up to y2k but it's just this it's a fantasy and the code is this green falling thing on the screen yeah. that is unintelligible to anyone else except the people that are in the movie and characters within the movie and whether you're a <laughs> Red pillar or blue pillar or whatever. Red pillars. Where are my red pillars at? <laughs> Am I assuming that everybody here is taking the red pill or are we taking the blue pill? Because I would, I totally get a blue pill as well. Because I mean, the reality that you're born into once you see outside the construct of the matrix is grim as fuck. With great power comes great responsibility. But yeah, that's that's also like with little power comes great responsibility because that's like you're just sacrificing. Yeah, it, it, like your ignorance and and attaining this this knowledge and it's it, that's sort of like. I don't know. Is it is it like Plato with the cave sort of thing? Is that a bad comparison? Uh, you know, you're stuck in the cave and you finally, no, it's it. a great comparison. You, yeah. You would like walk outside of it, the, the cave and see the, the actual real light and everything. But 
that could fucking blind you at the same time. I don't know. Maybe this is a stretch of a, of a comparison, no, but no, it's um, a beautiful comparison because yeah, that is, uh, that is an allegory to the realization to worlds outside yourself. Like you can construct your own reality based on a certain set of rules that you are confined to based on, you know, where you mm-hmm. are and there to see things outside of that. It seems like magic it also doesn't make sense and you can't interpret it. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Like all of us in growing up and being just human fucking beings is like you learn all these things about what it means to be a person and what it means to be in this reality. And then to be taken outside of that is always going to be like, yeah, I, I don't, I can't make heads or tails of this because I don't know what the morality of this is. I don't know what the purpose of this stuff is. I don't know what the function of these things are. Yeah. You just, you seem like a baby again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the first question that came to my mind was like, uh, between those two decisions, like the feeling of like living a lie Right. Once you're exposed to the the greater reality, mm-hmm. wanting to go back into that other re- reality, uh, whether it be for just the comfort of it, in the, in that the other reality is so bleak, mm-hmm. or uh, or just that, uh, or, or it's maybe like a greater understanding of that, like a reality is what you choose it to be, or is what you make it. Right, mm-hmm. and it's like just because uh, I choose this reality, I choose the reality that's like a little less grim and painful. Uh, you know, it still obviously has a whole bunch of pain and garbage mm-hmm. in, in any, in any case. Um, sure. And then that just like brings you into conversations of like, um, uh, you know, one suffering over another and like, uh, is that is the is the is the reality of of the of the real world actually playing a part in the reality of the uh mm. of the created world yeah. in that there's still this like really insidious layer of suffering going on right um, mm. Yeah, so I mean that's where my mind went when thinking about the red pill blue. It's a tough fucking call. <laughs> it's the du- no, it's the, it's the duality. I and that's that's something again yeah. that this movie presented. I think more more so than uh, than any of them. I'm I'm I mean I think it was probably always always there in in some way, shape, or form. But with this one in particular, it just. Yeah, remind. I already explained it before, but those natural forces of good and evil are necessary, and there's no good without the evil. There's no yin without the yang, and those are the the necessary evil and and the order of things. And it kind of tickled tickled my fancy more so this time too, because I recently read Swamp Thing, uh, the Alan Moore run of Swamp Thing, and um, Mm -hmm. and there was this whole huge battle with this entity that was trying to do away with the concept of good and evil as well. And Swamp Thing had to ban forces with forces of evil to take out this thing that was trying to do away with, with the whole concept of everything. And just what happened, everyone was trying to battle this thing. And what happened was Swamp Thing approached this entity and had a conversation with it. And that was how it was, how it was solved was with the conversation 
and swamp things the shit. Yeah, I was I was I was talking about how there's you know in in uh, one of the big battles in in that run of the Alan Moore Swamp Thing is he battles an entity that's trying to get rid of good and evil entirely and yep. uh, that in the end and battling that with a conversation I think this movie could have used more of I think and that the second one while it leaned started to lean more heavily on the action and and the silly things it still had. Yeah, that conversation with the architect at the end of the infamous, you know, conversation with the Didn't architect kill. at the vis-a-vis uh, Matrix Gordon Reloaded Lee. at the yeah. at, at the end of that one, which while it still had an action scene kind of going right, we're like at the end of that conversation, he's and Jada right. Pinkett Smith is trying to do stuff as well, and then um, he he makes that whole flight to go save Trinity uh, when Trinity's doing that. Oh man, drop that's I just always think of that shot of her dropping her motorcycle on the building and exploding her landing just cool just cool stuff man it's so cool (laughs) just like no other way to describe it you (laughs) mean badass on however you want to describe it uh um but yeah so they get neo back um i already talked about that uh they're trying to figure out um what uh to do next and the bane stuff starts to rear its head yeah that's when bane um they talk to the oracle that's right uh agent smith uh assimilates with um the oracle and absorbs her powers too and absorbs her powers deliberately you're sitting there deliberately and purposefully you made those cookies those cookies (laughs) (laughs) fucking sick it's such a good scene I wish he would have tasted one too. He's like, these are delicious. And you knew it. You knew these would be delicious. It's not going to change my mind. I don't care how delicious they are. Uh, and then. Hugo weaving like, the fucking shit. Oh my God. That's a, that's the moment I thought of that too. It was just like, he has ramped he it up that. as well to, to meet the things that have, have been thrown at him <laughs> of what he needs to play as multiple versions of himself. And he yeah. fucking meets it, man. Like, there's this whole hive mind with him. There's a hive mind with the machines as well. Um, but to represent that, represent that with your face. <laughs> holy shit, man! That's holy he's, shit. He's something else. And then the the guy, the guy, uh, he oh, intimidating man. him and and all that stuff too is just uh, copies of of. Oh my god, he's a great example of amazing character actors that it's fundamentally in my mind it's about understanding the movie you're in and just trying to fit the movie you're in which is incredibly difficult and i'm not trying to symbolize it but like he understood so much about what was happening in his universe and was able to just speak the lines in a way that made sense to Mm -hmm. where like what his objective is and where he's at in this movie and just the overall movie that he's in. It's so fucking entertaining to watch. Like he just, he, there's so much of him. It's agent Smith. It's this character. It's this thing inside this universe. Oh, and he not only like meets those expectations, but he elevates the whole, all of the material in every scene he's in because he, he, he just brings it a hundred percent. And, and, and whether it's this or Lord of the Rings and, and um, whatever else he's, he's in. Yeah. For Vendetta. Yeah. I I, 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 I love it. it. I, 
I find myself watching his performance in the Matrix series just like a, a lot with a lot like a little bit of a scrunched nose. You know what I mean? Like, ugh, like you know, because he's just Ooh, such poopy. He's, he's such a fucking creep, dude. And he's and, oh, and he just okay. and he just hates humanity like mm. with such a vile venom in his mouth. You mm. know, it's just like the way he talks about like being encased in this meat sack. I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. That was the other guy too. You can't even differentiate because that guy was so good. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that scene with Morpheus in the first movie where he's like grabbing his head and like touching the sweat on Morpheus's head and and just like, he's like, Oh, smells. And and just like this, it's so, vi- smell. so visceral. Yeah. I can't handle it. Oh, and then, and then that laugh that, I mean, that laugh when he's, uh, is that, uh, yeah, that's after he takes over Oracle, I think. And then they're all looking at him and he's just like, and does like the best craziest evil laugh and his mouth is yeah. huge and it's, and everyone around him, all those other versions of himself are like, Oh my God you're mm-hmm. he's he's just so convincing and i'm i could always i'm always happy when i when i see him in in something um so yeah he he takes over oracle and then he the the fake version of him fucks with uh keanu and trinity and there's a struggle there and and uh he, blinds, he goes blind. blinds neo yeah. with the uh with the gun the like electric ghostbusters gun <laughs> Um, yeah. that they, that they just, all have yeah um, but yeah like gives them a nice little little crispy crispy eye makeover um and Ke- keanu's kind of he's, he's pretty uh, nice like a uh illidan from world warcraft type vibe exactly. you know just that exactly. very anime where it's you know just he's got his eyes blinded right here, here mm-hmm. you know, cloth, so over. cloth over it and so he just looks he doesn't look like he is physically handicapped he just looks mm. even cooler yeah <laughs> yeah and he's pretty like non-plus after as well i mean at least like he's just you can see what he so, said what know. he says to trinity he's like well i guess you're gonna have to drive <laughs> yeah. oh my god oh, <laughs> all right let's talk about that because that was insane yeah no i mean that's <laughs> that's just how that's just how it is I, I, that's it, just like, how it is i mean we were talking about performances and maybe this isn't the best thing. Cause that's kind of like a sillier line to, to talk about with his performance, but overall, like this performance is made for Keanu. Like oh my he God, fucking yeah. kills it as Neo. Like, and uh-huh. I cannot imagine anyone else as, as Keanu. And like, he has his struggles with maybe certain other like roles or anything, but this like kind of meditative deadpan monotone sort of, yeah. Uh, yeah, almost Buddhist monkish sort of looking, mm-hmm. non-blinking sort of guy, no emotion, uh, sort of sort of religious figure that everyone looks at, which everyone kind of does nowadays. Kind of looks at Keanu as is kind of this weird sort of like, oh my god, we love Keanu. We and yeah. he, like I don't know, almost like a religious figure. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a, no, that's totally. all a whole nother extent, but still like cyberpunk uh, shit. He, yeah, he fucking nails it, man. And I'm I'm so. So into that performance coupled with Trinity, Carrie Ann Moss and Morpheus, there's this whole sort of wavelength that they're on. That's in, that's clearly dictated by the directors. That's what they're doing uh, of a way of being of like a way of 
just like I really believe that there's Neo and his followers kind of thing. Like where there were this way of their their whole uh the way they come off and and their constitution and, and everything and, and especially Trinity and Neo and flying together and everything too and that that uh that chemistry but also they seem like one person. It's crazy. Like they, they they're like almost one character and how they interact with each other. Each like, other. What's that? Extensions yeah. of each other. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Like it's, it's, it's one in one in the same and they, they, they're in the same monotone sort of dead eye sort of glance at, at each other. And which is the writer at that point. Because mm-hmm. there's so much of that energy is given through all of the performances, because that's what the writing calls for. There's so much stoic, like it, confidence and uh but yeah like internet speakish type stuff that is in this movie and everybody kind of has that going for them and facing obstacles like in an action movie having someone who's cool calm and collected in the face of all these things is just something that uh you gravitate towards and and you enjoy that you're on the ride with someone like that that can handle it rather than you know, maybe you'll get occasional, sure. occasional people freaking out, especially during all the mech stuff, but to be in the hands of, of people that are, oh my God. I mean, maybe this is, this is around, yeah, this is around the same time. Cause this is kind of cutting between they're getting to machine city. And then it's also cutting between that and Jada Pinkett Smith and Morpheus trying to get their EMP ship to the mech battle. This is around Zion, this is yeah. around the same yep. time to no, the, you're right. Zion. But I was just gonna yeah. say Jada Pinkett Smith riding that piloting that uh the ship, man. She was she was killing it. She's she was she great was, in the in the second one too. But there was something yeah. about this one of her just like talking down all these all these she's dudes such that, a badass. that don't believe that she can pilot all yeah. this shit. And, and it wasn't o- over wasn't overdone to the point where it was like the commander of overly the overly like there was some stuff where it was like talking about that she was a woman but that was just more like the subtext of like they're clearly treating her this way because she's a woman but they don't have to state it necessarily but they're mm. kind of like acting this certain way and this the sexism still lasts through zion i guess but uh they're kind of and and you know even at the end he's like man that woman can drive you know there's still yeah. there's still I that know the ship could do that yeah there's still that line and all but that, <laughs> but that was like there was very little of that and it was more about just like how fucking man how fucking awesome she was and then how just unquestioned like morpheus like just took the almost literal yeah. back seat to her and, and, and was just like completely no questions I asked like that dynamic. she's the best fucking pilot like we got and and she's the only chance we have to to make the make the emp fact happen too and her just like that stance that she was in she's kind of like tilted just like and all the sweat beating down her face and like man this, this, this thing's too. got this thing's got a this bitch has got a fat ass <laughs> 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 oh my oh, god i was having a great time during during i was just such so a tense uh, sequence because what's happening juxtaposed to them going through the canal to get to mm-hmm. zion is that we need the door open for them to get in mm-hmm. and the sentinels are invading into uh i don't quite understand the like geography of zion because mm-hmm. that was like the shuttle bay station i think mm-hmm. maybe i do get it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wait a minute like, dude and, and then they like, live like further so underground, the, I think. Yeah, like that's where they go. And then they go. Yeah, Zion's actually like super. They were going to like yeah. go. They were uh, uh, 
going to have like their last dance in a tunnel. To have that whole moment with the dock and everything. And it's interesting right after to learn how futile it was. Like it bought them more, it bought them more time, but they really spent a lot of time like in, in that battle and everything. And the commander immediately was just like, well, you open the, open the gate and destroyed all of our electronics. Like they're just going to come and wipe us out. Now you like, you might as well have just served us up on a dinner. That guy, that was one moment. I was like, come on, man. Like give him like a little bit. Like, I know you're the like, but prick- why, you're the prickly but why? Type. he was so he was, cause I'm on their side. Per- yeah. Right. Because you know, what's happening. He has no idea what's happening. If in his the character movie that they're in, I know like, he, he hasn't he watched the movie. Co- I know he hasn't watched the movie. So commander Locke is just a huge hard ass. Who's yeah. just thinking about a prank. Mm-hmm. He's I, right. I, no, he's right. He's right. He's yeah, he's just, I he's mean, just mean about it. He's, he's not yeah, like the, he's not like the gentle council members who are just like, um, well, we're all very reasonable. What can be done? And we also, by the way, have Cornell West here from Princeton. If yeah, you I was going to say <laughs> Cornell West. You know, just. I was like, wait, is that who I think he's it is? A, a philosopher shit. in your time as well as our time. Yeah. <laughs> and it, well, that's what they called him. I think his character name was the uh, philosopher. Something, uh, something, yeah, Cornell West as Counselor West. His, his name is Counselor oh, West in the movie. So <laughs> it's literally yeah. just him. Like, nice. he's just him. like yeah, yeah, I'm in this world, I would be in charge of Zion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell, hell yeah. Okay, that. Um, yeah. Uh, I think we can all be, be okay with that. But speaking of Jada Pinkett Smith and Keanu Reeves' performance and how irreplaceable he is, could you imagine if. I believe what the original casting was before he backed out. If Will Smith was in this Will movie as, as Neo, yeah. you're right. Instead, as Neo, yeah, yeah, wouldn't that be just That's like a completely Wachowski's completely different movie? Wanted Will Smith. Mm-hmm. That was their idea of Neo it was to be played by Will Smith, and he yes. didn't get the script. And well, so neither neither did uh, Sean Connery. For uh, I believe he was going to be Morpheus. Mm-hmm. And Sean Carney was like, I don't get this. I don't get Lord of the Rings. Like, and Hugo Weaving was like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is all, yeah. oh, which is makes it all the better because yeah, Hugo Weaving was like, I guess you guys don't read enough books. Not this, the same parts, but it was just funny <laughs> that like he was in both of those movies, but I was just thinking of like, yeah, certain lines even of just like Will Smith or just like, I know what? Kung Fu. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're telling me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm right, not going to do it. Right. Oh, no, no, no. But just I like much bigger. Getting, like Keanu Reeves is just like, I know Way Kung broader. Fu, like, way. Uh, and Will Smith fun. is a hacker. Like, I don't know. And just think, thinking about all, all, that, of, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is so bizarre because Keanu's performance makes him come off as so knowledgeable because he just doesn't say a lot. He just, people say things to him and he just has this, I understand what you're talking about and we're going to do this thing. He's, he, he reminds me of like a cult leader of like a, or like a religious leader or something. That's it's like just letting like, other people project themselves on mm, you mm. so they can just like work off. Like I'm a kind of a blank slate of a person. Like you just are, I'm giving you exactly what you want out of this by just really asking you questions and saying very little about how I feel and just more emphasizing on how you feel mm-hmm. very coldly. And he only lets for, himself down to yeah tr- Trinity or like lets his guard down to Trinity. Yeah. 
but her devotion to him is unwavering from the get-go, which is just another cold leader aspect of it, which goes into the Messiah thing, which is what he's supposed to be, which is a cult leader, because mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is the lead, is a leader of a cult. Like that's that's the reality of the situation, whether or not he's the Lord Savior. He's a goddamn cult leader. And he just was he just had the philosophy of a good cult, which he really just took mainly from Eastern philosophy and just turned it into his own shit. But anyways, we don't have to that's for a totally different conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just awoke a whole thing in me where you've I'm been like, polarized. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Talking about polarizing. That's my belief is that Jesus Christ is a goddamn cult leader. Um also Neo. Yeah, which I mean being the savior. But then that is, gets but now you're getting not to not to uh poke and prod, but you're getting into the what's the difference between a cult and a religion. Fine. What? Wasting away moments to make the, up the dull the day. Sorry, uh, A Dub has the Pink Floyd shirt, so I had to start singing that song. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great episode of uh, Explained on Netflix that talks about cults and even people who study cults. That's what they say. The difference between cult and religion is time and popularity. Yeah. Like a cult, is, you know, as it's active, it's really when the idea carries on over a long period of time that becomes a religion. Um, so you're telling me in enough time, people are going to look at, at Keanu as a possible religious figure. No. They'll look at memes of him eating a sandwich, <laughs> no. eating a sandwich on a bench and be like, he is our meme Lord. <laughs> Edge. Uh, uh, oh god all right well we we can't get into religion too too much further into religion well religion uh, is a part of this movie versus versus cult i mean i guess uh in that in that aspect definitely i mean this is it's a huge part of this movie huge part of this i mean you mentioned not not subtle i mean they they probably well, well okay we we're almost there but it maybe could have done without the cross on the chest sort of sort of thing but also it's just oh, you think it's just driving oh you think driving that driving that <laughs> one out. i mean you when, you when you say not subtle that's the it's first thing that comes to my mind i'm just kind of just like <laughs> it explodes in your face <laughs> across so explodes in your face essentially which houses um, are not subtle at all they really do beat you over the head with their world building and their metaphors and the and what they're trying to say in the movie like they really do. They just say, you're fucking there. And then they're able to yeah, viewer. You're going to, you're going <laughs> to about this thing. Cause that's what I'm interested in. And it looks so cool when they do it. Yeah. Like cloud Atlas and Jupiter ascending again. Like those, those ones are just look so cool. So much. Yeah. I mean, cloud Atlas as it's so, I mean, while the narrative still is hard to follow, I'd, I still would love to read that book. I'm sure that I've heard the book is, you know, something that people said was, not you're not able to make a movie out of they tried and it speaks to me the movie absolutely so i'm sure the book would as well but their audacity Mm -hmm. to try those things and 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 really go through with it and uh and and, totally and and go out on a limb really and and go through with these things and with these ones it's something that 
they're able to make a blockbuster a blockbuster action movie that's yeah that's again thought provoking and fulfills all of their auteur interests and and seems like they really got to do whatever the fuck they wanted with auteur define define like someone who's able to like a direct a director in partic- particular in this sense of the word that's able to create a movie and really put their mark on it uh from top mm-hmm. to bottom whether you know it's an example I might give is like Paul Thomas Anderson. If you see a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, you can tell from uh, whether it's the cinematography or the, you know, the music I mean, which are, are the people, same people he brings in every time, but there's a whole production that he brings to the table uh, that he's able to put his spin and his voice is very apparent throughout the whole movie. If you see a Spielberg movie, he's an auteur, mm-hmm. he's an auteur that that's able to, uh, to have their voice be be spoken uninhibited and suit and studios willing to give them, you know, to borrow a term from Brandon and I's uh, one of our favorite podcasts, a blank check, you know, essentially. And this, this is, these are directors that were given that uh, for these mm-hmm. two movies, not just one. And that's just such an interesting idea that, you know, Brandon, you watching all three together that they were able to do these two as a pair and get that, idea through all the way um yeah but it's also i could see them making an anime which i animatrix i mean i guess they kind of already did with vignettes and everything but just making a whole show that's just like not subtle building upon the world and and everything and i think that's something that they're interested in is just like what if like what if this world existing what if these these elements and things were real uh and then not really sometimes not following through on some of the narrative aspects within that world. But at the same time, you, I don't know. I, after leaving one of those movies, I'm still caught up and it's still in, still in my head. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take one more break. I'll, I'll be right back. If you guys want to yeah, yeah. carry on. No, yeah. Um, I believe where, where was I? Uh, they're going into Machine City, and and Jada Pinkett is is uh, mm-hmm. doing her thing as well. I think it's like the end of the the mech battle, and they're like looking to um, mm-hmm. see what Neo's going to do. If you want to carry it away, Brandon, maybe I'm uh, maybe I missed something, but I, I think we skipped over uh, over some stuff because I think the last we t- we were talking about was uh, like having just spoken with the Oracle, you know, fairly towards the beginning. Uh, but there also is not a whole lot that really goes on between that either. It's a lot of like battle preparation in Zion and like stuff like that. Planning. Uh, a lot really, of planning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, they it, don't really do. Yeah. I mean, that they basically get taken right into like, uh, oh, you know, Neo just wakes up and, and like, uh, I need some time. And then he, he's like, I need, I need a ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then they give him a ship because they just unequivocally follow their leader and lord and saber neo um and well then- actually like it was actually more of like uh it was uh more oracle driven that decision right because jada pinkett oracle smith's and- character was mm-hmm. like i don't care i don't i don't believe in the one i believe in neo and and what the oracle told me, which is that I I have an opportunity to help him, and I I I get to make the call. 
Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, that's all the Oracle does is that she presents you with the the question you're asking and you have to answer it. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm just being a little like, <laughs> you know, there is for the sake of moving through the movie, there is a level of convenience where it's like we gotta trust neo let's not argue yeah. with we're not gonna spend a lot of time yeah. getting into like some long discussion with neo about what's happening and then try to write right, out right. all the possibilities it's like yeah i mean that, no, that whole no, no lord and savior we're gonna we're gonna do this and so that much of it is a whole lot longer if they started that conversation like yeah the, the guy the guy the the other dude the leader of the uh, the other captain ship. of the hammer yeah captain of the hammer is like not not about it he's like fuck this shit like I, i'm not giving a ship to you and like but then the, the conversation just shifts to where do you want to go right with with morpheus stepping in and just being like where do you it's where because are you going? they have faith he's like i already i already trust you i just mm -hmm. want to know like what you're what you're gonna do yeah and that's where a good situation of where the they're blurring the lines are and I think they're effectively doing it. I was going to say trying, but they, they do it is where believing in people and believing in idols is like, can be the same situation where I don't believe in fairy tales, but I believe in people. And that's kind of similar because you're imposing on that person, their capabilities of future situations that they haven't, you know, fulfilled or taken part in, but you can imagine them succeeding or imagine them doing something which is a where the rubber meets the road in that in the in these films it's really great it's when it gets so far away from like he's just doing like weirdo jesus stuff and then people <laughs> are really pessimistic about the world that's where it's like a diametrically opposed but there are mm. times in this movie where it does like, and I think Jada Pinkett Smith is really fundamental to that mm -hmm. of she is the one throughout this who is learning to believe and that's her journey. Right. right. Yeah. And that serves as such an incredible audience surrogate to this story because we can totally sympathize that, man, yeah, there is a bunch of fucking weird shit going on, but these people really care about this stuff and have you know, uh, devotion to each other and to this mission that I can respect and get on board with. And, I, and, I, and I, it's, it's that faith uh, coupled with the decision to act upon that faith and that faith and that decision, multiple characters come into contact with moments of, do I continue forward or do I turn back? And even new characters that are introduced within this movie, you know, whether it's, you know, the one guy in the mech where he's the last guy and the, and the one who's got to come and give him the ammo. And then, uh, is it Link's wife and, and the, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. the other person they have short to, haired that, girl. Yeah, yeah. That, that are trying to shoot out the, the drills and everything too. And that they had, she had a chance to abandon with Dozer's wife, which who made an appearance and, and, and leave yep. with Dozer's wife, but she chose to, to go for it. And there's, there's a, a lot of, moments of turn being able to turn back and you mentioned Jadis Pinkett Smith as well. And I did like that multiple characters would talk about the Oracle and having interactions with her where 
well, Trinity was saying, you know, like I had, I had a moment to decide whether I need, or she had her own, I forget what she said, but I, maybe it was more Jacob Pinkett Smith where uh, the Oracle told her like I had, had she, I would have a tr- chance to help Neo and it would be up to me whether I would do it or not or something like that, where she right. has her, like she could be the main character in her own story sort of thing where, okay. and you look at her and you believe it too, Morpheus as well. And, and Trinity, like all these, all these characters in my mind are the main character in, in their own story. You know, you're following the one, the Neo, like Neo, the guy who's going to save the day and everything, but you care immensely for everyone around. And if, if anything, by the end of it, when you're reminded that ne- both Neo and Agent Smith are just essentially like Superman and nothing really fucking hurts them and you could launch them into fucking the stratosphere and back down into the earth and it doesn't fucking matter, that the humanity really, that is an important part of this movie. Otherwise, I would not enjoy this movie nearly as as much as 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 i you know like those battles i still i still have a good time with it you know at at face value and and, you know and and in their own way but if it didn't have that humane aspect to it and all those things leading into those moments then they just wouldn't mean anything and i think while it is has does have those cheesy sort of things especially with like the kid and the mech warrior guy of like a classic sort of stereotypical sort of like grizzled vet with like the uh new recruit sort of kid um they were able to combine that with link's wife and in a way that they both helped each other get jada pinkett smith in and everyone was helping each other accomplish this this thing together um and in terms of pacing i think that's also commendable as as well to to combine and edit those things together when a battle is elongated as much as that, I guess you can edit anything with it. But uh, also, it's something that was entertaining and 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 while positive you know, at the end, it also is extremely dark. This movie. This is when I think about like the feeling that I have after the, it's like I do think about like the mech battle and the dude dying with the lat like lashes all over his face and shit and. Oof. And the lashes all over the fake Smith's face. A lot of like deep gouges in people's faces in this movie and Neo Mm -hmm. getting blinded and Trinity dying. And like, I, I, I do think about this movie as the dark, dark one of all of them. Uh, definitely. But the overriding aspect is, is positive. Um, but they, I don't know if you guys talked about, they, they get into machine city and Neo confronts, uh, does that, does that look like a baby to you? That like a baby face a little bit, the machine face. <laughs> I, I was like expecting yeah. to like it to form a face and all it's all scary and all of a sudden then just being like <laughs> just like what are you what? <laughs> and it's just like a baby and doesn't know He's how to sp- doesn't know how to speak English. <laughs> just like oh what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but um yeah. What do you guys think of that of that whole uh, thing going into Machine City, going up into the the sky, and then coming back down? Uh, okay, I, I, I had a I had an issue with it. So this might be like last episode's my baseball in the middle of the day gripe, but um, that the like what makes those ships work is that they're magnets essentially bouncing off of mm. metal uh tunnels mm. they're they're like in a 
in a vacuum essentially because they're creating it with like bumper cars like bumper cars yeah exactly like bumper cars in in these uh, tunnels underneath the core but then those same things just are able to just boost and then take off into into the sky the sky yeah (laughs) i never thought of that it's all the it's all the lightning in the clouds brandon Oh, but that's no <laughs> creates a, creates a polarity like, oh, of some kind. It's so beautiful to get to see like some actual light in this movie because these movies are egregious with how dark they are. I know that we had talked about when we were watching these movies leading up to this podcast, and this movie serves well to be watched at night, regardless of mm-hmm. how you guys watched it. But yeah, like yeah, you can, you, you guys feel like watching this at night is better because so much of it is like really dark. They're all there. A lot of them are wearing black at night. Maybe. I mean, this one they're in real world, which is just a dark place and they're wearing mm-hmm. their, uh, mon- like monotone sort of colors a little bit, but maybe not monotone, but just sort of like muted colors. I, I should say, but yeah, uh, for sure. It makes you think about, how bright the matrix is but then once you get to the matrix in this one it's just like pouring rain the whole whole time as well um, very dark so it just it serves seeing that sky very well i guess would be my point of that is like to see them break through the clouds and to um to see the sky it's and it's incredibly beautiful mm-hmm. and they do the same thing at the end of the movie where those mm-hmm. sunsets in the sky are cgi just masterpieces of theirs the there's blues there's red there's well, whites, within, there's within all the these things within the there. context of the movie they are cgi within the movie as well the little girl is is creating them with her right yeah uh-huh. she, she is uh safety i think is it ghost in the shell what so, is that Ghost in the Shell? Yeah, I think so. Ghost in the Shell is what inspired this entire thing. Is it really? That makes sense. Yeah, they talked about it. The biggest inspiration for the Matrix was Ghost in the Shell. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Which is a great <laughs> movie. Yeah, I haven't watched all. There's apparently like a ton of uh, other Ghost in the Shell content out there, but mm. yeah, just the movie itself is the fucking like the coolest shit. Some of the coolest shit I've ever seen. Because, yeah, I mean, that to me, I don't watch a... I guess I've watched a lot more anime recently because I watched um, Demon Slayer and then uh, I've been watching Food Wars. But... (laughs) And, like, where anime succeeds is you can... I get well okay what I would say that I actually am really into and 100% enjoy is... uh, uh Hayao Miyazaki movies and what the anime is at its best for me is when you are able to paint you you're able to have these shots that don't exist like really don't for the most part exist in reality because it would just be like either exorbitantly expensive to recreate or whatever and you capture setting so well because you can be as detailed as you want you can also breathe life and have this undulation and this just such a visually appealing um aesthetic to a scenery in animes and yeah i god this movie understands that so much too with the you know we're getting close to well, we're in Machine City. Okay, yeah. going, uh, like, getting to where they need to get to, all of the upper world 
is so fucking cool. I loved it so much seeing it again. I'm still fucking into it. The, the leader, the hive mind of the machines is this, you know, hellraiser esque floating orb thing of just so like constantly moving spikes. machines, like constantly rotating to form uh, an yes. image of a, of a face and the voice and the, the, the sound the sound editing yeah, is, all like is amazing too move. it's like water through and the sentinels are so fucking cool yeah. where they're yeah they're all they the different all the different uh you see different machines so you see the big ones that shoot these little guys at the mm-hmm. at the ship and then he uses his powers within the real world to take them out and then there's oh. like little like floating almost jellyfish looking ones that come up to him and then it's it it's they pick him up and the that whole cable into I lo- his I, I back thing i fucking love it yeah, it's so it's so just, dope it, it, it makes you think about the world like it's a world building thing where it's not telling you anything rather than just it's showing just you and, and, and you. having you Ugh. like imagine like what that what that whole real world is like and what machine city is like and and just also the in a Cronenberg sort of way, like the tubing, the tubes that are like fleshy that yeah, are spitting sure. out, like especially the farms and everything, which is just like horrifying, hor- truly, oh, truly yeah. horrifying idea in, in general of, of, of in, mm. in like only Wachowski sort of way. I, I think I, a lot of that stuff or like a was Soylent or Soylent green sort of shit or whatever. Jupiter um, ascending. Yeah. Yeah. That where it's just body goo hum, humans as a, as a, but like, <laughs> Yeah, the Cronenberg sort of human, human sort. I don't know, just the fleshy stuff. I just think of Cronenberg where it's like machine steel mixed with flesh, which yeah, is such a sure. weird. It just like kind of has a interesting sort of uh, cyberpunky sort of aesthetic. But the all the wires that create the the thing, and then the music is just ramping, ramping, ramping this whole time. And then he's just like, what if? I don't know, like, I, I forget what the line is before going into it, but it's just ramping in such an epic way. And all I can really re- express for this movie and, you know, Return of the King and these trilogies and these these three-part movies or whatever, a lot of them, like, the third part is just fucking epic, man. It's just... Yeah. And this is this is just an example of, yeah, that I think they they set the bar and they, like, also set the trend of, I don't know if it's that that music that's the choral sort of in a different language, whether it's Latin or whatever, I don't know what they're, what language they're, they're singing these, these choral arrangements in, uh, to make it just like truly just, if you don't think it's epic, it's trying to be epic is what it's, it's trying to do. And that battle between the two of them is using motifs that have been presented from the first one to the second one throughout, which is satisfying in its own way. And like, not only an anime way, but also way the way that animes are influenced as well through like a Kung Fu movie sort of, sort of way where, you know, obviously the first one, it's like he does the Khmer sort of thing, but they bring that back and they, and it's, and it's a duel to the, to decide the fate of the universe or whatever. And and so sick. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the, the music is insane, man. I was just like, it was, blowing me against the wall in my room like i was i was just like my eyes were peeled all the way back and uh there there's something with like the intensity of hugo weaving with like the non plus sort of but like look of keanu of 
pure peace and, and everything, which just works so well in the context of everything else going on is always whenever you go to Keanu, whenever you, again, like whenever you go to him, he's just like stone face killer, man. Like I'm the one, I know what I'm doing. Like you will come collected. Yeah. Would you, what'd you think of that last battle? Ada? Uh, I thought it was great, man. Um, yeah, I, feared it like dragging on the way that it did in uh reloaded that mm. just like incredibly long scene with all the of them all, all just the piling yeah, in on yeah, yeah neo mm. and it's just like jesus uh definitely um but it was nice it was it was it wasn't too long uh you know they got their uh they got their licks in and and had like a couple of little like comeback moments and the the end of of him just like giving in and and agreeing that like it it is inevitable and mm. our our merging is is the solution so let's have at it was Oof. was yeah. just like super cool there was some line that was like, it's not and then possible. I think, it's not, it's, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I also, I, I'm still not super sure, uh, but like, uh, you know, that final, that final moment of him, like, uh, destroying the, the Smith. Yeah. Which was, were, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it seems to indicate that like the uh, the outside world, the the um, the big boss fucking machine yeah. guy was mm-hmm. was pushing that uh, yeah, reality yeah. into him. Right. With there those was, like yeah. kind of yeah. pulses of energy. Like mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, which kind of like made me feel certain ways because like mm-hmm. uh, having having the machines step in to influence the outcome of the battle. I was like, I, I, I'm not sure how I feel, how, how I feel about that. I never noticed but. that until this viewing. I don't think totally. I, I, I don't, I, noticed that I don't well. think I made that association that the machine was actually doing something. For some reason, I always thought that was just Neo uh, yeah. making them making that last move. Yeah. Like, Oh, he's Neo. He's the one. But I noticed this viewing. I was like, Oh no, it really was like, they had to come together to beat this beat this prime evil that whatever that is agent sure. smith or this new like just i mean he's the real virus he was calling humanity a virus and he really takes on some some virus tendencies um but i mean that's yeah that is him in a nutshell as being a virus yeah that's i mean that's yeah what, that's and what, i mean like virus the of machines of being pessimistic it's the virus of what what is what would you guys say if what is he the uh infecting people with uh what in what way do you mean like you're like, trying you're uh, trying to think of a grand uh, symbolic sort of yeah like uh mentally like what is, so he he is taking over the matrix by infecting people to be just like him what is that insinuating what is that a metaphor of what is what is the thing that people want i I mean there's there's so there's so much in this movie about choice and decision and faith and and having the ability to choose and you're taking away every someone's ability to to choose someone's someone's ability (laughs) to 
have agency, you know, or, or an you know, agent without the a- agency Smith, without it being agency, <laughs> it, it's mm-hmm. the Smith agency, you know? And, uh, but I, I think to, to think about just what's contained within this movie and, and what, what they're presenting, I think that's something that I would find the relation to is just, you know, without throughout all three of these movies, that's what Smith is. His powers are kind of just all encompassing and he can turn into people. And that's something that, to be honest, I have a hard time with that in general. And I've mentioned before, it's like this battle turns into Superman versus Superman and does kind of have like man of steel vibes of them just crashing through buildings and, and there's no real consequence to, to their, to whatever they do. And it is, I think it's a, a, a little long, but I, but Anyways, to go back to your question, yeah, I, I think it, I think it's that to me in terms of this movie, and um, yeah, I don't know, just uh, having the the control within him himself, like whatever program that he was supposed to be initially, and whatever was it the architect that created Agent Smith had in mind when created him was distorted or corrupted in in a way where he needed mm. control and assimilation uh in order to appease that that control and without love and and no without love there's no need to sacrifice and there's no need to make any decision that would not be beneficial to you and that makes zero sense to him and that makes zero sense to machines uh and that's the only reason why the machines joined him at the end was because it was to their benefit uh, yeah, and that there was like a quid yeah. pro quo that they were able to agree upon, but Agent Smith's arc throughout I, all three of these, to be honest, is pretty convoluted as with his powers. Yeah, um, but I think that was something that they were driving home in this. In this one was that that assimilation removed even, you know, they're like you can't. I don't know if it. <laughs> this is a stupid point. <laughs> I was thinking, no, I was like, well, if everyone's, no, if everyone's agent, if everyone's agent Smith, like you can't love each other, you're just all one. I don't know. It's just like, there's no, dis- you just only love yourself. And that's why we're here, folks. You got to polarize yourself to, to love each other. You got to disagree every now and then to absolutely, to, you know, you can't assimilate with every, what everyone else is thinking, you know, variety we is, don't the, all be is the spice Smith. of life. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. Fuck. There, you, there's so much going on. This is there something that does that question speak to you, Ada? That was a, I was trying to dissect. Yeah, I mean, I see. I I, I see his like uh, parasitism, parasitism, uh, a little bit differently in that it's not necessarily. Uh, I don't really. I, I don't really see it as like infecting people as much as uh, as just like. Um, like a force of uh like if we were to put it into like today's terms of like market economics it's 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 consumption it's just like consumption for the sake of consumption for Mm. of of just like Mm. taking and getting rid of everything uh for its own personal individualistic Mm -hmm. gain right like uh what agent smith wants is 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 just agent smith right and mm-hmm. like to be like the king of everything and and he's like put put all of existence to bed he doesn't want to be the like king the though. greatest he wants the world to end he hates 
the existence in general because it's a waste of time, right? He doesn't right, want but to. But at rule. the end of it, he right. But at the end of that, that he, at the end of it, he would be still left uh, alive, right? I think and, so. And, I think he wants to end his life he's on a suicidal mission because of the fact that the it's all a waste of time it's all pointless it's all like uh, an illusion essentially like we're all tricked into living these lives that don't matter and that even the thoughts and emotions that you have are just figments of your own imagination and all of that is pointless and stupid and really just ruins what is actually living, which is like, I guess the ground, like inanimate objects. Like it. Yeah. I was just trying to think of like a, the simplest way to, because it's hard. I don't know. Cause it's, and I don't think it's meant to be like, and I don't think there is a complete, like simple straight answer for, for, um, for everything but uh damn it what was my point uh shit i just forgot my no point. I'm, uh, but if anything i mean I he's just like the lord of destruction yeah 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 i mean it's like he's the lord of destruction where uh everything else is a, an attempt to maintain a level of uh or, or a um um a synchronicity between uh order and chaos right like the the oracle and the architect oh. Oh. hello <laughs> what the hell that was, that was weird it's, yeah like the two of them are just like keeping order and chaos in balance whereas he just wants to just destroy it all mm-hmm. yeah but he wants it all to end yeah and so do you feel like he yeah i, I guess, guess he does you're, yeah you're, i guess he does want to be pur- king of it all but oh, like yeah i remember you're also like describing the- a purpose as well like he wants to fulfill a destiny which i i kind of remember what i was I think gonna there is that what i was gonna I say agree. is like the simplest way for me to think about is what they said in the movie as well as yeah he's and what he's the the prophecy or whatever that he's fulfilling is is again the duality to just be the opposite of yeah of the one yeah. rather than, than the one you're many i don't <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I don't know it's like cuz cuz kian is, is is just is just the one and and it's only his decision and his perspective and agency of, to make uh the changes that he can possibly make within the world that he wants to inhabit uh but rather than live within the world and change. I don't know. Like it's more for agent Smith's more directive is to, is to change it to meet his needs rather than, um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, uh, save it and, and have it be habitable for and livable for the people who need it to be is, it seems to be more what Neo's purpose is, is to sacrifice himself for the greater good of the people. And, and the juxtaposed and opposite of that would be someone who just wants yeah, Agent Smith just wants Agent Smith. I think it, Aaron, you put it perfectly, and that is the opposite of someone who's going to sacrifice the most yeah. possible his life for uh, his his kind, his his people, 
and the hero's journey is completed, I think in, in a satisfying way in this, in this movie. And when, right. when I was thinking, and, and when you're called the one, you can't really think of it's, it's the hero's journey, you know, it's, 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 it's Odyssean and, in, in, in however many ways you, you want to think about it. But that I think was a satisfying sort of conclusion as I think bloated as it was. And you still, still are left with questions, but I wouldn't want a movie where all of my questions were answered. I don't think either the, the, the thing that makes these movies exciting is those questions that are presented. Um, and again, cloud Atlas as well is is that interconnectivity and how we are all one and how maybe one person can use that to their advantage and use that some similarity between all humans to create some sort of thing that would, uh, take advantage of, of our, uh, humanity, but that there's also the other side where there's pros and, and that as well. If you use it to your advantage, having a strong community and believing in each other and having the faith, uh, in the people that you love to help and support you and do what's right. And, and, you know, and again, the way I'm sounding maybe sound cheesy and everything, but I just really think that that's how earnest and sincere these filmmakers are and the messages right. that they're trying to, trying to drive home. And, and you, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I admire it. And when you think about the process of trying to make art and what you would want to try to share with the world, um, I would think those were some overriding ideas that would be worthwhile to try to impart to people while also making it cool as fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Just make it fucking cool. Like, all right, we're going to say all these, these wonderful, nice, like life affirming philosophical things that maybe some, uh, dude ripping a bong in a college party is going to like quote later or something, but it's, it's still in the moment. I'm that guy. Hey man, like that's again, like, Hey, uh, I wish the one thing that I thought was interesting about cloud at cloud Atlas, cause I had to research it to see if it fit the bill. That one has the exact same rating <laughs> audience and critic that that was that wow. was yeah, for, a, for a different show is if you try to find all the ones where they had the exact same rating where everyone is similarized or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. Yeah, okay. I don't okay. know. I love that. Magnet, love that. Magnetize magnet. I don't fucking know. No similar. Opposites of Trey. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they have a huge long battle. Do you, that punch where he gets his slow-mo punch to Smith's <laughs> face is like insane, dude. It's, it's crazy. You see the indent of the, the fist on his face. It's like taking the slow motion stuff from the first one and just taking it to the next level. It's real. I mean, that's really what it is. Um, and all the flying through the rain, I guess the rain was supposed to look like code, uh, like the green code all falling, falling from the sky. Oh, there's, yeah. there's a lot of cool effects with like explosions of water. Um, and I think there's a lot of water effects around this time in CG and they're, yeah, starting, tons of it. they're starting to get, starting to get humans in the mix as well, but it still looks kind of doughy and strange. Uh, but they get the point across and it's an anime battle. And then, uh, yeah, Neo is, is assimilated or whatever. And then the machines give him a jolt and, uh, all the agent Smiths just explode. And, yep. and that's that. And that's that. <laughs> but you're supposed to get a lot out of those jolts. And that's something that I never got after out of watching this movie like many times growing up having I think I had the DVDs to these 
these movies. If not, they were on like TV or something like that. But to just get it this time around, that's a pretty big plot point. I feel like the machines really helps him defeat Agent Smith because I, I was just I just thought I was like, oh, he's the one. He can just he can just do it. But yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I figured that one <laughs> or realized that one. And then uh, the last scene is the architect and Oracle on a park bench, uh, looking at a beautiful sunset and kind of like giving a little bit of a, a peek towards a possible future of of the yeah. world and the franchise if they were to do more, and also um, the to to show their duality. And then the little girl comes back yep. and says she made the beautiful sunset. Uh, and I, we didn't talk about it, but they did make a big thing about the Oracle in this movie and the recasting of her um, character. They talked about it directly, which was kind of nice. If I guess it fit the type uh, of like what was within the story, all the different realities. They explained it away. All the realities. Yeah. I just there was a lot of ex- explanation to it. <laughs> yeah, where it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't really necessary to me either. It's just like, oh, you recast it. Okay, you recast it. Um, but. It's, I don't know, it'd be like if Maggie Gyllenhaal in Dark Knight was just like, yeah, okay, maybe. In that world, there's no multiple realities. But she's just like, Katie Holmes is a different different uh, reality. And, yeah, I got a <laughs> facelift. Yeah. You know, and just said something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I went to the, once saw the plastic surgeon. I'm a totally different person. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, you guys any have any other comments on this last scene? Before we wrap it wrap it up with some comments and final thoughts, or uh, reviews and final thoughts. No, I just I thought it was beautiful. I mean, yeah, given, I really like that. Given all the darkness in the movie, um, it also stayed true to kind of what the reality of the situation is. Where this is going to happen again? It's just going to happen, you know, hmm. later, yeah. and you just realize that your yeah existence and is always in a conflict with evil, like good and evil always. It's a revolution as in the people coming up and taking over that Mm. sort of thing, but also revolution in cyclical sort of, sort of thing where things are. Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. Right. For sure. I got, I feel like I got to give it credit. credit. I really liked that, uh, you know, them being kind of uh, order and chaos uh that chaos the oracle is actually you know optimism and whereas order and the architect is like pessimism right like yeah he's always he's always just like order it, it, so that was just interesting to me because that mm-hmm. those two concepts kind of seem opposite right mm-hmm. like uh mm-hmm. a pessimist being the one that craves order mm-hmm. uh seems seems a little bit back and someone that's just looking at the code and just rationally uh panning out Mm. what's going to happen and and uh yeah yeah someone who under and then the oracle understands there is a level of unpredictability when you give someone free choice or uh yeah free will whatever whatever it is and i think that that theme within it is is a huge one within a world of machines and everything is the humanity cuts through all the fat of, of everything and, and is able to rise above. And, and that is the positive message of it is it, it overcomes in a way uh, 
while it's cheesy with a big fight scene in the one and all that, it is still a philosophical message. And it's not simply just that we did away with the bad guy necessarily. It It, it is ambiguous and it is uh, something totally. to, to kind of like sit with a little bit um, yeah. and go, go back on and think about, and, and you can really transfer ideas about it into into your own life and make parallels more even more so like in moving on to the future and watching this movie now and, and the other two as well it just holds up so well it's it's amazing it's just so ahead of its time um in a way that has influenced many movies to come totally uh whether it be just purely the action or also the philosophical nature as well uh you're allowed to do that and you're allowed to have an action movie that's making you um, think a little deeper and, you know, really some of my favorite genres, my favorite is fantasy sci-fi sort of, sort of stuff. And uh, I cannot uh, express enough how, how great, yeah, the performances are just so well fitting and the casting and, and the sets and, and the ideas and, and big ideas, big, big, big ideas um, and all, all of these movies. And it, it just is a, uh, has has its has its things that we have our qualms with, but you can't. I again, you, I feel like you can't fault it for the for the big swings. Um, great. Well, just well, to yeah. to remind everyone what what the scores were. Uh, if if I didn't say it earlier yeah. on, it is a thirty five percent critics and a sixty percent audience. Um, shall I do? trying to remember what do i usually do reviews before or after final thoughts i feel like i do before or uh so some of the critics negative reviews um david anson with newsweek uh the original matrix was full of dizzying surprises but it's turned out that the wachowskis didn't have many more tricks up their sleeves <laughs> uh, i guess yeah it's very same same if, if you were to look at it like that i mean i guess then you're like, do you not like what happened before it, you know? And you, you kind of go down that rabbit hole of like, well, okay. So every movie the needs to be... of the story. Yeah, needs to be totally... I don't, like a new it's thing. Not yeah. di- it's not different enough. Mm-hmm. Is that person's great. Yeah, interesting. Especially given that there's nothing much else like it during that time. I guess maybe you, instead of comparing it against itself... How about you just compare it against other movies and then it's not the same? Well, he's really taking a hit at the Wachowskis as well. It's just like, oh, well, sure. I was really watching these new and upcoming directors and it's, I guess they fucking, this is it. They really, mm. they shot their load and I guess they're not good. It's just like, totally. that's the kind of shit where it's just like, you're, you're talking about stuff that's not necessarily just the movie. You're talking about these people's career in, in, in a way, you know? Yeah, very inside baseball talk. Yeah, I mean that's that's the job of a critic, but also it, it dissuades you from the point a little bit in in my mind. Um, not not always. I mean that information can can do you good, but it's just sometimes where it's just like walking into some of this stuff will uh, would be better. You'd be be a little bit more blue pill sometimes, I guess. Be a little bit more, <laughs> yeah, a little bit more just a little bit more, a little yeah. bit more ignorant of of and blissful of of what the movie is instead of just like, nah, man, I'm going to drop the red pill and and let me show you what, what's really going on behind the scenes. It's like, no, I don't need to. I just want to like go see a movie and escape, you know? 
yeah. Peter Bradshaw with Guardian. The Matrix Revolutions is where I sadly fell out of love with the whole exotic franchise. Exotic. Exotic, yeah. 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 Um, Destin Thompson I mean, with Washington. Would you rather it end with Reloaded? <laughs> No, I guess you're just what are you what are you upset about that happens yeah. there? You just didn't get the things that you loved about the first one, but we'll be right back. There's still is there's still enough bullet time sequences, right? Now I'm th- trying to think about it. In this one, I mean there's maybe not the bullets, but there's a lot of slow-mo. There's still a lot of like, I mean, especially with the duel at the end um yeah and then there's the bat there's the the gun sequence leading up into the club they have that battle going into the club there it is there it is yeah yeah the big one where they're like walking on the walls and then trinity does that like turns her head like kind of like a dog looking at a tree tree or something like "Mm, that's funny and then does her like original like yeah crouching tiger and dragon matrix like uh kick she does that one again with that kind of original like camera movement um yeah uh let's see what else we got here sarah michelle fetters from moviefreak.com unlike reloaded the storytelling in revolutions is far more streamlined and self-assured it's also a clunky colossal bore she's like that's such a backhanded compliment because she's just like it's more streamlined and self-assured than reloaded but it's clunky and boring Funky and boring. I, I just don't know how you can use the word boring on a movie that's meant to like sum up a story, right? Like it like it was just like my last comment, like so you would just rather it stop it reloaded? Like I don't understand why you wouldn't want this story to come to a uh, to an ending and to a resolution. Like it serves its purpose over the over the course of the entire story, doesn't it? I mean <laughs> And it seems like a lot of people comparing it to Reloaded as well. And yeah, you had to. Came out in the same year. Yeah. Um, guess people were just fatigued on it. Maybe, maybe that's a factor. The X factor in this. Yeah, I think. It's like, you know, I, I, our attention, fucking... our attention spans are even shorter now. I, I would say, but even even then, it was like you know, you you could have stuck with that first one, and and everyone have been been fine with it, and then have been move on to something something else and yeah maybe by that time we're like okay we get it the matrix thing you know like they do battles and you know bullet time sort of thing and then maybe people are kind of like like oh what what other what what else you got besides bullet time tricks and and all this stuff but (laughs) uh i know there's a yeah big anime mech battle (laughs) boring i would say is just like if you if you think if you're not into the violence, I think that's yeah, or like the the action, then that's where I'd say boring because it's not pushing the plot along. Like not to just not to completely agree or disagree, but just like there's definitely times, and I would say with this movie too, where it's like the plot's not going anywhere right now. All all that's happening right now is the plot's at a standstill. The narrative has 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 completely stopped, and these things are just are just have to work itself out in some sort of battle visual sort of way so the longer this goes on this is more indulgent towards something that you want to present as like it's a movie hey movies serve purposes all all sorts of ways so like i'm not harshing it either if you want to have a visual sort of badass fucking battle like that's and that's entertaining to people then like cool but i think to i don't know 
to 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 try to understand critics i think when we go through this section is is something that is is something that we we try to do as well as like well why why are they feeling this way and i think it is a fatigue thing is a good way to put it put it is yeah. like yeah we this is our third one let's just be done with it and and move mm-hmm. on there's probably other movies coming out around this time that are like hearkening to this sort of style um that they're just kind of like okay well can we move out of this phase of action movies where everything has to be totally. like a slow down bullet scene or something like that? Or like, even I remember slowing the frame rate was, was a big one too during action scenes, which is, I don't know, a bad kind of, I don't know, annoying trend that Ridley Scott would do as in a lot of his movies, just drop that frame rate and make it seem more dramatic. And that would be annoying. But at least here it's, it's done in, in like a very uh, ambitious way. That's that, hadn't been been seen before but i think what's showing here in these reviews to me is uh yeah like a fatigue over over that those those ideas that were once new um like like i think brandon you were saying um uh amazon has been a better way to tabulate audience reviews so i'm going to pull from there instead because they have reviews that are ranked by other audience members that decide to say how helpful they are this one is a great example of why I pull from Amazon instead. Uh, this one is from Vladislav's Dovgalix. Five stars. Uh-oh. Russian bot. Inspired from Bible. This movie is great because it is heavily inspired from Bible. Doomed humanity. Unbeatable enemy. Overwhelming odds. <laughs> What <laughs> this is this is uh Pro- prophecy for a savior. Savior that wrote this <laughs> savior that goes all the way to his death just to save the others who believe in him. Leave this movie alone and go read Bible, folks. Your battle is still on. Nice. Hell yeah. What this a is, warrior. This is this is amazing. Um uh, this is a one star by the audience, but it's it's. I just have to uh, partake. Benjamin taking the Lord's in name, one star. Captain of one of the ships has a real foul mouth, taking the Lord's name in vain constantly. <laughs> Couldn't make it through the film. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's R-rated. He just Benjamin fired at this he's R-rated movie. He's just like every time he's just like, oh, I hate oh. this, and just it's a full body physical reaction when he's <sighs> like, oh, that guy. I'm okay with the violence, but you do not. (laughs) You don't take the the name of the Lord in vain. You can use, you can blasphemize imagery of my Lord with the cross on Neo. Maybe you didn't make it that far, but do not say the name of the Lord. Yeah, he he can handle the the the, the (laughs) blasphemy of just saying it. Um, All right. Uh, what else we got here? Will A, five stars. Mm, amazing if you understand the metaphors. Uh, now, I want to preface this review by saying that I am biased towards these films. Oh, good. Okay. The acting is not the best, nor is the CGI special effects, nor are the fight scenes. Nevertheless, you have a story wow. filled with metaphors, most of which allude to a biblical context, mm, mm. but can also be compared to how you view society today and even in the past. I believe this yeah. final film demonstrates a culmination of the series wonderfully. Cannot be wow. angry simply because it doesn't follow the happily ever for- format. 
you forgot to say forever. You just went straight to format. So many yep. seeking films and stories. <laughs> the original writer, not the Wachowski brothers, did a wonderful job, and I believe the directors executed this to the best of their abilities. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Took the words right out of my mouth. That's actually my review of this movie. <laughs> oh, Brandon. Brandon is, uh, are you, yeah, I thought you were Vladislav Pet- Petrosklav. <laughs> or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Compton M. Cypress is a cool name, so I'll read his. Compton M. Cypress. Best trilogy I've watched so far. Five stars. I was really happy to see how they pulled the two previous movies into the last of the trilogy movies and yet wrapped it up in such a way as that you feel like you really knew the whole story and then brought it to a closing where you, the viewer, walked away feeling complete like you got the whole entire story <laughs> and can now walk away with a sentence. Interesting. <laughs> and can now walk away feeling comfortable with the ending as well. Huh. Truly a wonderful conclusion to wrap it all up. That sentence was truly a wonderful conclusion to wrap that sentence up <laughs> jesus got him um took me back five stars edward normell always thought this was the worst one it's not all, all that bad <laughs> yes <laughs> maybe maybe the least amazing of the three but by no means bad it's a fitting end to this wild ride of an original sci- sci-fi classic highly recommend it's his yeah. least favorite and he still gives it five stars. He just loves, loves the trilogy. And I think like true fans of the franchise and of the world will find like at least a little bit of satisfaction of like a conclusion. If, if you're going to see matrix yeah, reloaded sure. and see that and huge cliffhanger and reloaded, you mm-hmm. get a huge fucking fight scene with him and Smith as, as some form of like a good and evil sort of bad guy, good guy sort of thing. And, uh, and, a, and an and an ending and um you can take that to the bank um, yeah for sure <laughs> uh ada would you care to lead us off with reviews or would you yeah. like would you rather prefer one of us go first uh if you want to just give you your you summation Okay. And then uh, out a score of a hundred, you know, we've said a lot here. So, I mean, yeah, yeah just how, how do you or overall you just feel about score, this yeah. and what's the. Yeah. What's the okay. Score? I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, I love the series obviously. And uh, like I've said uh, throughout this, you know, uh, last little bit of the, the uh, process here, uh, having that ending is, 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 is the, is the, is the key. Right. And, and I think that they did a really good job at um, expanding on the story from the first one and introducing a lot of really cool little nuance to uh, the world and how it operates and and the greater reality and uh, and and put a nice little bow on it at the end uh, where I, I don't really agree with that last review saying that you don't really you, you know every you feel like you know everything because I feel like there's a lot. Mm. uh you know that can still be explored there in that universe and especially on on the um uh real world side you wouldn't expect and, and them to like City start in a train station you wouldn't expect that to be how the movie starts i don't know that was that was mm. a out of left field sort yeah of, sort of like oh what are we doing here this is crazy yeah pretty interesting and um anyways yeah so uh i really liked it 
I liked the ending. I like that it's still a little bit open and that like this reality is going to continue to keep uh, perpetuating itself mm. in, in different iterations forever and ever. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved it out of a hundred. I'd, I'd, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. A hundred is too many numbers. Out of 10. Uh, let, nine, yeah. Nine. <laughs> so 90. nine out of 10. 90%. I mean, yeah, we'll give it a 90, a 92. We'll put it at 92. Uh, there you go. There yeah. You go. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. You, you want to add a decimal on that at all? Or? Yeah. 92.25. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's oh, yeah. where I'm at. Uh, you know, the first one would definitely get a hundred, uh, but. Wait, James. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, have fond memories of being alive when this movie came out, going to see it in theaters as a, like one of my first R rated movies that really, um, colors my opinion of it. I'm sure of, just like being enraptured by this entire world and like on bated breath when uh, Re reloaded and revolutions came out at that age and just um, wanting to know more information, no matter what it was, you know, you can, you give me the side stories and everything. I'd still just be interested because it just gave me more information on this thing that I was into. Um, and then to grow older and then rewatch it and find other aspects of it that I still find fascinating that I didn't really get at that age really speaks to not only the longevity of these movies, but also um, just, I, I guess my own sort of taste, how, how it's, how it's changed and, and how you can grow with a movie as, as well. And just the beauty of, of uh, the art form in, in general. And uh, yeah, while I may have enjoyed the battles, as a 13 year old boy, a lot more. Uh, I, th I think they were overdone. The mech, the mech battle in particular, and the final duel in the city at, at the end would be my main gripes with this movie that, um, I, not to say to just remove them entirely. They definitely serve their purpose, uh, and everything. I just thought that they were just prolonged. And, and when I think of rewatching these, this trilogy, uh, I, which I did within the past five years, I skipped this one is what I did. I, I, I skipped this one. I was down to just watch the first two because I just remember it being so intense, especially with the, you know, the mech captain guy, just getting his, again, with his face sliced off that always just came to my mind with this movie. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go through that. Like, that's just, I don't want to go through, I mentioned it earlier too. I don't want to go through Trinity dying. Like, I don't want to go through these big, long battles. Like I'm going to have to watch it at night. Cause it's a bunch of people wearing black being shot in like dark environments. Um, but that, that being said, the ideas presented in it, I I've, I've expressed throughout this, this entire episode, uh, uh all the, all the positive aspects of it and, and everything that I, that I like from the performances, the casting, the, the director's ambitious, ambitious ideas, um, and their ability to, to stick a story within this, like, it's truly like incomprehensible sort of world that like I wouldn't, I have a hard enough time navigating just as a, as a viewer, let alone as trying to imagine someone writing this and, and creating something like this is, is something that is very more than commendable to be able to do. And uh, you can sense the love and, and positivity that's apparent in the story and the characters and, 
and the performances and and there's a I enjoy that warmth at the end there. Um yeah, uh if I I was tr- the best the easiest way for me to rate this movie was to try to think how I'd rate the other ones. So I think the first one I do at 95. I think the second one I do hmm, maybe like a 75 or an 80. Uh and then this one Mm. Mm. do 66 66% for this one 66.66 yeah fucking metal (laughs) I like I I think I feel like that's still positive to me and I'm and I'm trying to think on a scale of the my enjoyment of the three minutes that might be too harsh it's just like a seven is a is a really like solid movie to me, like a movie that I I would watch I would watch again, and like I didn't hate my time with this. I don't know. I could bump it up to like a low low seventy to seventy five, somewhere in that range. It's it depends on like my mood on a day or something, but uh, I would much rather watch the first two, and I and I think that's that's my thing, and I the thing that I'm that's, gra- yeah, gra- that's gra- really influencing your gravitating yeah. towards in this movie are are the things that are more present in those those movies. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do I mean, it, man. However you feel. From a sixty-six to like a seventy-two or something, something like that. What? So, do you want to mean the middle? What's the score? I just feel like what I've been noticing with this, what I've been noticing with this podcast is like, and I've been kind of like annoyed with myself is like, I haven't really settled on one side or the other with like a lot of movies is like, I'm not overly like love it or overly hate it. And I don't want, I just like would rather take more of a stance, but at the same time, it's like if we were, yeah, if we were watching the matrix one, then I'd be like, Oh fuck. Yeah. But this is, yeah, this is one where, um, I think of those those battles more than anything, and if I really didn't like it, then it would just it would I would fucking drop it super hard, like three or four or something like that. But this is above fifty. It's it's you know it's 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 better better than average, and and it would be on like a seventy range on a good day. But man, I all anytime I rate any of these movies, I just like after I rate them, I'm like, is that really how I feel? And I'm it's so hard and that's where I like maybe I try to like understand from a critic's point of view or something where it's like to understand your own tastes or feelings about something it's hard to quantify <laughs> absolutely but continue Brandon it's hard to quantify but it's fun to do it and that's yeah, why we it's, do it's, it's, we, it's a good we, practice uh, like I'm glad I'm practicing yeah. it yeah it, it's it's great practice I um I'm listening to like 15 albums just based on like overall popularity, but overall interest in what the artists are doing. And I'm just like being trying to, yeah, I'm just being completely honest because it's only for me and just rating them um, out of a scale just to, you know, and that can obviously change over time, but um, yeah, to be critical about, something that you genuinely love because the start of my review is that I genuinely love this series and I love it so much because of what it, what it's doing fundamentally and what it's like, what it understands because it understands so much of my interests 
and it's giving me a lot of what I want. Um, and that's this techno cyberpunky world where, you know, hackers and people who love computers are superheroes. And then there's also this sexy underbelly that's going on, but then yeah. there's also, uh, there's also this broader, uh, humanity that needs to be saved and watching this whole series. And yes, my knock on the, this movie is James to kind of what you're talking about is, is that there is a third movie fatigue that's happening where it's like watching Harry Potter and the deathly hollows in, in a sense, or well, part two in particular, Right, I so the reloaded and eh, I don't know. It, it is a better analog of I guess doing two towers to Return of the King. Yeah, both of those better. were novelizations that had like endings already in place. <laughs> there is something about this movie where they I feel like they were writing in the woods a bit. Uh, you know, like I, I know that <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean was kind of popular around this time as well, and that was a movie Absolutely. where I was like, holy shit, this movie is fucking popular. Like, let's make two more and make it some trilogy and make it seem like it's building towards something. And it's not as bad, definitely not as bad as that, but that, that was an example where they're just, yeah, they were like, no, we want another run it back reloaded. Like, and they're, they're kind of just figuring and it feels like an expansion of the universe. Uh, but also they're trying to continue that narrative, but I, there's something about them where I think they have a harder, yeah, again, a harder time with like fulfilling that narrative rather than just expanding that universe. They love, I feel like they love to expand a universe and just build upon it and show you the, let's show you this aspect of it. They show you this aspect of it. And then, you know, the, the main character just kind of becomes, um, uh, vanilla. <laughs> yeah. Their, their sole purpose is to get you from point A to point B. And again, like I mentioned is that Neo being so vacant and so one dimensional, really allows you to kind of focus more on what the other characters are doing or what the mm-hmm. like broader implications or story is happening outside of him. He's just this like, you know, also too, he's also our surrogate, which is a, a good part about the movie too, because I, I was, I thought Neo and I still do. I think Neo is badass because there is a level of assuredness in uh, a world and story that is about uncertainty, being scared, all, uh, you know, a whole host of things. And this movie captures that in me. I, I like this movie a lot. I, I really do. And if I were to give it a score, I would give this an 88%. Oh yeah, I gen- I genuinely love the series, and I know that's kind of maybe is clouding my thing a little bit too much. But you know what? Fuck those, fuck that thought, and fuck those people who think that. Because I, I like this movie too, and mm-hmm. it's part of the story, and I like the story that's being told. And even going back to revisit this, visually, it holds up in a lot of ways because it is the filmmaking of it understands a lot of like what cool and interesting things are visually and gives it to you. And yeah, 88%.
Hell yeah. Well, we all like the movie. Again, that's uh, been kind of like the running theme of uh, of this podcast is us not really disagreeing on things, but um, yeah, it's uh, or just like in varying levels at at least of like agreement. I guess would would be the would be we're the having case. a normal person's reaction to this as opposed to saying this is you know I, I never said this was the greatest film you know or. I didn't say this is, none of us said this is a shitty film. So yeah, we're just having a visceral human reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And then if anything, the internet just likes to polarize things just for the sake of what, to be as vocal in, I mean, if anything, we're realizing that the more middle of the road it is, the more online you have to feel like you need to be so far to the, you know, you got to have a take, you have have some, you got to have a take take or something to like, Yeah, and then it's somehow quantified in some sort of numerical sort of form. But I mean, that's what that's what we're doing, and that's what the practice is, and it, it does yeah. does help. But uh, yeah, there's certain things where it's just like, oh, is it? You know, and again, like with this movie, it's just like, is it really a fucking thirty five percent like that bad? Like the, all these like amazingly like interesting ideas and and good cast and good action and everything, and it just speaks to more so like, no, this is the third one. And it's already done that. Like if, if these were like new ideas, then there'd be one thing, but it's just, uh, it represents right. the number. Everything tells a story. And that story is, is something that's interesting to, to delve into. Um, but yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us. We're going to talk about our next, Appreciate it, bud. our next movie, if you don't mind real quick. Um, Brandon, yeah. would you like to reveal it? Yeah, absolutely. So the next movie we're doing is going to be, I hope, I'm going to just put this out into the podcast universe, uh, a, a, a string of critic movies. And to start off that string, <laughs> we're doing a movie that I think is maybe the most beautiful transition where you would think that it's going to be more of an audience thing, but it's actually more of a critics thing. And crazily enough, it's Indiana Jones and the, uh, and the crystal skull, the is kingdom of the crystal it? skull, kingdom of the crystal skull. It's a certified fresh movie by critics. I I'm blown away certified that that's, freak that that's uh, the case, but 78%, it's like slipping in there uh, just un- under the wire. I'd say for really certified fresh. I don't, re- I'm not sure what the, what the uh, threshold is to reach that. Is it above 70, 75? I don't know. 53% audience score. Um, the critics consensus says, though the plot elements are certainly familiar, Indiana Jones and the Christmas kingdom of the crystal schools, still delivers the thrills and Harrison Ford's return and the title role is more than welcome. And they are making a fifth one at some point, I, I believe, but we will, we will take the ride, take All the right. journey. This is another movie I, I saw in theaters in 2008 and uh, everyone had a re- reaction to this movie. That's for sure. Uh, yep. It was, it was uh, something Polarizing. that is another Spielberg movie. We did hook and now we're doing a uh, kingdom of the <laughs> crystal skull. A, a critics critics darling movie <laughs> i know this is yeah it's yeah it, it, it's an art film i thought it was watch a, i thought it was all gonna... rotten i thought it was all doo-doo <laughs> but I, I guess not but this was all right this was a wonderful journey 
uh, yeah, through Matrix, Matrix Revolutions. Um, Aaron, please come back anytime. Anytime you see yep. a movie that's out there that uh, is polarizing that you feel like should be talked about, you you let us know and we'll, we'll do it again. This was this was a wonderful time. And it always is. And uh, uh, a movie that I'm not sure when I would have watched again without without this. And to be able to to talk about it is a real, real treat. And it color, uh, colors my totally. viewing of future movies as well. Like thinking about what I'm going to, what score I'm going to give it or whatever, or like what points I'm going to talk about. Uh, it really has been coloring my, my movie and media consumption lately. So thank you guys. Oh yeah, man. Thanks for the Couldn't invite boys. It was fun. Yeah. Um, Polarize pod on Twitch. If you'd like to follow us there, Polarize the pod on uh, Twitter. Uh, we we announce stuff on there as well. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Um, we love you all. Yeah, thank thank you so much. Yeah, do it. Get out there. Get out there. Be about it. <laughs> be about it. Be about it. Hashtag be about it. Hashtag be about it. All right. Peace. All right. Peace. Love you guys. Bye.